The following program is rated TV MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. It's showtime. It is showtime, ladies and gentlemen, here kicking it off 2023, the first episode of 2023. Here on Circle Debate, ladies and gentlemen, it's the host of TV's One I've Been C. Of course, my other host right here, Mr. DeLorean himself. Yes, sir. The man who takes us back in time all day, every day. In the past, present, the future, everything, ladies and gentlemen. And that is right, Mr. DeLorean himself, Mr. Time Splitter. And that is, of course, my. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. You don't need roads when this man takes you, ladies and gentlemen. That is right. What is going on, De Niro? What's good, man? I hope you had a good New Year. Hope everyone had a good New Year. I hope, yeah, same here. I hope everybody had a great New Year and, you know, rested, well-rested. And now we're here. We're back. We just started already with the New Japan show with the predictions. And we'll be back for that Saturday for the recap and the New Year's Dash as well. Yeah, sure. But Starts maybe off right. Yes, sir. So before we kick it off, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, for especially all you ladies who want to purchase your merchandise for your vatos, for your Sanchos, for your baby daddies, whatever you want to give them, whatever you want to call them. Make sure go to manscaped.com and any merchandise, you know, purchase or incredible merchandise, anything you purchase, make sure you put the promo code DeLorean, capitalize DeLorean. You get 20% off of all your merchandise that you purchase from manscaped.com, of course. Hey, Happy New Year to you, too, young Anthony. What is going on? New Year, bro. Happy New Year, brother. Yes, yes. So, yeah, definitely make sure you hit that hit that promo code. You know what I mean? Go, go to manscaped.com, copy your, copy your man grooming needs, and make sure you get 20% off by putting the promo code DeLorean, all caps. That is right. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Two things I want to get addressed because we obviously didn't have the opportunity to do it since we were off New Year's and we – you know, wanted to get this, you know, you know, to address it ourselves, how we feel about it. Uh, so the first one will be, of course, man, the voice of impact, man, Don West, man. Of course, he, you know, rest, God rest his soul, condolences to the West family. Uh, man, this man was the voice of impact of TNA, total nonstop action, now known as impact. Uh just one wants to give our condolences. Of course, he passed away on New Year's Eve, you know, with the battle with lymphoma. Uh, he was battling out that cancer, but unfortunately, you know, didn't, didn't make it. But we're here to celebrate his life, not you know, you know, remorse it. And so we're here to, you know, pretty much give our brief take. Dom West, for me, my biggest one was when he went nuts when Kurt Angle made his debut on TNA. I remember how he went so oh, yeah. nuts. Oh man, I, I I enjoyed Donald West, man. Oh man, well, give us your take, De Niro. What do you what, your what were the best memories of Don West? Oh, man, there's so many because there was a time period where I was a huge TNA fan, and there's just so many that like I remember. Um, one was I remember I believe it was the first Bound for Glory where Jeff Hardy did a huge Swanton bomb from the top of like the entranceway, and Don West just fucking lost his shit, which. I loved I loved his reactions because his reactions was a reaction that a fan would have. And it, it was nice to hear someone who was a fan of the product 
calling the product because it made you want to get more excited for the product. So his his excitement was infectious. Um, another one when Elix Skipper walked the top of the cage, Don yes. West went crazy. And I remember going all the way back to 2000, I believe it was 2002. I believe it was Amazing Red versus AJ Styles where Don West got so behind Amazing Red, he stood on top of the announce table chanting Amazing Red. And not only did that moment get Amazing Red over, but it showed how much of a fan Don West was. He was stopping his job as a commentator to chant along with the fans. And something like that really was infectious. So definitely Don West, absolute legend. I honestly, I really wish that he got his flowers while he was still here with us because he was a guy that definitely deserved a lot more accolades. And I, it's just so sad. Like he was gone too soon. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, like I said, man, Don West was one of my very underrated, him and Mike Tanae of commentating, mm-hmm. man. I could literally put him up there next to JR and Jerry Lauder, honestly. I I know I may get, a, I get, we could debate about that. I mean, people are watching this. I agree with you. I, I, they're second behind, you know. Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross, him and Tanae were a fantastic duo. The real voices of TNA, for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Shout out, of course, to Mr. Universal himself. What up, the rest Nick? Of the course, that's right, Nick. And, of course, you, bro? Ah, the future. Brocast, what is going on? Good Bro-cast, evening. what yes, up? Yes. Yes, subscribe to these. Please, me familia right here, AC, ACS videos. Of course, Young Anthony's new channel. And, of course, the Universal Wrestling Podcast and Brocast. As they bring you good shit. Just good shit. And it's done. You got you guess. You got to be kidding me. Yes, I remember. I love that. it. I love it. Yes, done. Yes, uh, absolutely, young. Yes, Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, calling it out for sure. Yes, that, that was like one of my favorites. Big time, big time, big time. All right. Another thing, we want to get it out of the way, and just because, even though we're not, uh, you know, speak in about you know the National Football League, but still want to, you know, pretty much, you know, of course give our prayers to you know Demar Hamlin of course he's getting better as what was updated earlier today that he is awake and who won the game like you won you won the game of life so you're you're back to life and I'm happy to hear that he's doing great I'm happy that he's getting better even though he's still critical but in condition but he's at least he's waking up and 50% there from his lungs so I'm happy to hear that I you know I commend that these they stopped the game because it's the first time that ever happened in a field that way and of course you know even though we're a pro wrestling podcast here but we want to you know of course give our prayers and thoughts for you know demar hamlin to get better and mind you we don't want to see this anywhere in any kind of sport and mind you that professional wrestling is a sport even though it's predetermined but it's still a sport no matter what it's still real to me damn it i just wanted to say that it's still real to me but just wanted you know give my prayers out for that and i'm glad that he's doing well and you know, best wishes to the family and everyone else out there for the Hamlin family and to all the football players who, you know, I commend everybody for their prayers and prayer for, for DeMar. And Chris Jericho donated 10K for his toy drive, too. So shout out to the good joke, the greatest Jericho of all time for doing that as well, man. So, now, yeah, definitely. Um, gosh, what a scary moment that was. It was. You know, it's just something that you don't expect. You know, you, you go, you put on the, the game and you don't expect to see something like that. So, Definitely prayers for Damari. It was absolutely scary, but I'm glad that he's starting to get out of it and starting to do okay. So definitely yes. go support the, the drive. 
Absolutely. Support the toy drive, ladies and gentlemen. A dollar or two, it ain't going to hurt. You know, support, you know, the, you know, his toy drive. I'm glad it's doing very well. And like I said, I'm very happy that he's, you know, awake. And hopefully we'll see him, not, not in the field, but see him soon, you know, be out there supporting, you know, his teammates and, you know, give his man the elevation he deserves, man, for battling this critical situation that had us like, wow, you know. So. Yeah, for uh, Right. All right. Last very brief. I know everybody's waiting for it. We're going to get to the pro wrestling news and everything else, but want to get this out of the way. Smackdown very quick. Of course, the tribal chief was pissed. They, they, of course, they lost against KO and John Cena. But overall, Smackdown was great. I really enjoyed it. It was a great way to end 2022 because a lot of things happened there that I was like, what the fuck just happened? Which we'll get into the aftermath. <laughs> yeah. But I want to get your thoughts on the main event first on this one. Uh, were you happy to see John Cena? And man, Kato, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out myself too. Where did he get that bruise during that match? Oh, I saw I, it. Okay, so can you oh, break I it down for me? Break it down. Not yet. Um, first of all, definitely was excited to see John Cena. I feel like, like I said last week, the older I get, the more I respected John Cena. I was one of those, you know, Cena sucks guys growing up and wasn't the biggest fan of his in like the late 2000s and early 2010s, you know, Super Cena, Five Moves Cena. I was one of those. But now, like, when you see that Cena's gone, you see how much star power left the WWE. And you see what type of star he was. And now, as someone who's older and watches wrestling from a different point of view, you see how great John Cena was in the ring. Because, all right, he, he didn't have the best moves, but... The stories that he told, the emotions that he told in the ring were fucking amazing. So definitely John Cena is one of the greatest of all time, whether you like it or not. And I think that is really cool to see John Cena. Definitely, even though he spent maybe a total of two minutes in the matchup. Nick, I'm right there with you. (laughs) John Cena spent like two minutes in the goddamn matchup, but still was awesome to see his presence. And yeah, if you remember, if you go all the way back to... um, to war games, Survivor Series war games, Kevin Owens slapped the fucking shit out of Roman Reigns and busted the man's eardrum. So there was a moment in this matchup where Kevin Owens is pinning Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns goes to break up the pin and punches Kevin Owens as hard as he can in the fucking eye. I mean, that's an old school receipt. Yep, so that was it. <laughs> I think that's why Kevin Owens is going to get mad at it because it's a fucking receipt. So... That's what happened to Kevin Owens' eye. If you saw on Raw, that shit was still swollen. So, oh yeah, oh that that was that was a receipt, of course. Sure. That's how you could tell Roman told. Why would you play games with me? Yes, don't play I games. Love, with I love Chiefs. that clip because if you check out Paul Heyman's reaction on the side, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does the embodiment of you know you don't know what got to it's gone. Good to see. Yes, great point. absolutely, great, great point, point Anthony. Sir. Great point. Great point. Now, during the SmackDown show, of course, the shocker was, she is back. And she won the SmackDown Women's Championship after Ronda Rousey had a great match, actually. I know people still give give her the benefit of a doubt, Ronda Rousey's performance in the ring. But she did a great job against Raquel Rodriguez. I enjoyed it. It was actually good. It was a good match. Good ending, the way how it ended. Um, being on the top rope and falling down and still holding out to the arm bar. So I give kudos to both of those ladies. And then, of course, 
you know, Charlotte comes out and Bronda was, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm feeling hot, I'm feeling froggy. Screw it. All right, let's. She want to challenge you right now. All right, let's do it. I come, I'm, I could go, and of course, we got the pin. Charlotte is now the new SmackDown Women's Championship. Where, what do you think they go from here, De Niro? What do you take on the return of Charlotte, and what's next after this? What are we going to see? I mean, I'm a Charlotte fan. I like Charlotte. I don't think she needs 14 title reigns, to be honest. But, you know, we're just probably going to see another chapter in the Charlotte Ronda Rousey feud. Um, I believe this is Charlotte's 14th title reign. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much you can say about this. This is the feud that's kind of reminiscent of Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, where every time Ronda Rousey's there or Charlotte's there, they keep on going back to this feud. So I guess it's just going to be different now because every time we've seen this feud, Ronda Rousey was the baby face and Charlotte was the heel. Now it seems like the roles are definitely reversed. So I would like to see how that dynamic plays out. Um, kind of like, like I just said, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns happened a thousand times, but it became interesting again when Roman was a heel and Brock was a face because the roles were reversed. So I'd like to see where it plays out here. I just don't want this to become another long feud between the two women because we've seen this matchup a hundred times at this point. And I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte, whether just like I said about John Cena, whether you love her or hate her, you can't deny the fact that Charlotte's one of the best in-ring performers, not, not women, men or women. She's one of the best in-ring performers in the WWE. So I am definitely not mad at her coming back. I'm not mad at her winning the title. Just that she's about to, you know, beat her dad's record if she gets two more of those things. And she's still, you know, <laughs> got many years to go, I think. So it's going to be interesting. But shout out Dom. What up? Shout out Dan. What's good, guys? What's going on? Bakley and Dom, top pro wrestle talk, of course. Basically, what he said. Hopefully, we see the rise of Raquel with her winning the Rumble and Ronda and Shayna. Yes, I've been saying that. I've been fucking saying it. I've been saying that. Fucking money. Let them go after those tag titles. They're not doing nothing with it. Make them relevant. Take over. Dominate the women's division with the tag. And then, oh, I don't care. Just do something with it. That would be an insane tag team. Like, who, who is going to beat them? Who would beat exactly. them? Who, 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 who would beat them? Who, 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 who. That's what I'm saying. The women of destruction right there. You have them come in, be like the, the, the taker and Kane and take over the tag team division. They could do that. You oh, yeah. know, I know that the charisma is not there. I know they get bashed on because they don't have my skills, but they do have the they also, skills. They don't have mirrors when they do their eye makeup either, apparently. Yeah, it, yeah they don't. don't know what the fuck they be doing. The, the raccoon look ain't it, girls. I, it, <laughs> it's not it. It's not it. Charlotte Raquel would be fun. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think that would be fun to see. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm intrigued. I am intrigued. All right, and of course, but you know what? Damn, you know, I forgot. Shit. See, this is how you know that we took a long break. But I gotta play it because we're almost towards the end of SmackDown. But I wanted to play. It. Underrated, 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 underrated. Real, just, just that. Smackdown on UPN. Remember Smackdown on UPN. Oh yes, Smackdown on UPN. Yes, it is underrated. Charlotte with is the UPN Rumble. even a fucking channel nowadays? I think that shit's long dead. <laughs> so Kenny came, came back and took the title from us eight seconds later. Would be cool. It feels like it could be on call over again. Uh, banger. Yes, it is a banger of a damn theme song. Kenny Omega came back and took the title from Mox in eight seconds. Like I, I see, that's the thing. Like I, I don't like when this happens regardless 
I think they should have saved this matchup for the Royal Rumble. Like, I, I never liked the whole, you know, person comes back and then wins the title and their comeback matchup in a couple seconds. Like, it's a little uh, to me. I rather, you know, if this would have been like a brawl or something and led to a matchup at Royal Rumble, because guarantee you this is probably going to be a matchup at Royal Rumble anyway. So why do the title change now? Why not save that for the Alamo Dome where you're going to get a lot bigger reaction? But I guess they want the shocking, you know, way to go into the new year. Last SmackDown of 2022, let's give a little shock. Ronda Rousey loses the title to Charlotte, who no one knows is even there. So I could understand why they did it. So I'm not, you know, shitting on it. But I I don't like the fact that this happens too often in the WWE where a wrestler comes back from injury and then wins the title by beating whoever's the champion in a couple seconds. Yeah, no, yeah, I feel the same. I mean, there's all right. Now we move on to very briefly. We're getting there, folks. I know everybody's waiting for the topic of the night that everybody wants to talk about, but we're gonna talk about this stuff first. We got to, we gotta talk about this. That's right. Oh. Starting to sound like the rest of the Lorian episode with all the old intros. We uh, have to since we haven't seen the Lorian as of late, so we gotta keep it alive yeah. with the Lorian, baby. We got to. Oh we'll yeah, no, I, I got an announcement at the end of the show. Definitely. All right. Raw right. recap, very brief. You might see a Lorian less than twenty-four hours from now. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but very brief for the Raw. I look. I like. The fact that the Usos, the bloodline itself, what the hell they're doing. I am loving the fact that they're taking over since they've been starting to do that, been taking over, you know, the raw, you know, the whole entire show. I like they're getting heat. This is exactly what they needed. And I mentioned it a couple weeks, you know, two weeks back. This is how you have all eyes on the bloodline because now you have the raw roster. Now you have the tag team titles that are going to be kept an eye on. Besides Roman Reigns, you have Solo as well, who's been hot as of late, and his matchup with Elias great. I don't know who's other guy taking that piano bump because that should look nasty. Oh yes, that should look brutal. It was brutal. It definitely was brutal. Uh, (laughs) Yes, you already know, brother. You already know. (laughs) Uh, And just the fact that they're doing that, it, it 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 makes the Rumble more. Intriguing because now you got people now you got the whole besides SmackDown you have Raw who are now be getting the anticipation of can it be the Rumble ready? I want to win and just go after the Bloodline. Doesn't matter, you know. Like yeah. starts from the top with Roman, and then of course it'll start with the tag team division. I like that. I they're whoever's developing this story, it works. I, I know probably people will be like, no, I just we're tired of seeing them every. But that's the point. You want to get heat on them since they have majority of the belts. You need to get heat on them on that. Especially mm-hmm. you have the main title and those tag team titles. You need to give them that heat because now you give the Rumble okay, who's really going to win this now? It, that's Because now you, we could probably prior to say Kevin Owens, right? But it's not anymore. Now we can look at other you know, you know, know, talent in the roster. Yeah, there's Kevin Owens, there's Cody, maybe um, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins. You know, even though Rollins is feeding with theory, but 
but which a good match, by the way, by Nolan Theory won, of course, the low blow and good pickup for him. Good win. You know, good win for I like his theory. theory. I like I it too. Theory. I, I love his aggression theory. Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Trigger words. You said, you said the trigger words. Ruthless yeah. aggression. That's right. Yes, the ruthless aggression of theory. Sorry. And then, you know, of course, we did have Bianca and Alexa Bliss. And this is when Alexa losing her mind, of course. And people were comparing their match with the scary movie scene. I don't know if you saw that on social media. Saw scary that. Three. <laughs> yeah. I just no, like, I mean, oh. it looks exactly like the scene. If you guys go back and watch that scene. She was hilarious. <laughs> see the guy the guitar. Yeah. Oh, he's singing the Royal Rumble's team. Well, oh yeah, uh, Hardy. Hardy is his name. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I went to the bathroom real quick, and I, I came back, and I heard Corey Graves saying, "What is Hardy doing in the ring?" I was like, "Hold up, we're both in AEW. What the fuck?" And then I said, "Who the fuck is that guy?" So, yeah, got me, got me all hyped for a second. Yes, and then of course the Cody's promos, the last two Raws. Of course he's gonna come back. Now, yeah, uh, I, I like I like the promos. I I thought that they were gonna not say anything and let you know let Cody be just a surprise, kind of like Cena was the big surprise entry in 2008 for the Royal Rumble. But I I do like the fact that they're giving Cody a build and like we all know he's gonna be at the Royal Rumble. So let's build him up so when he gets that initial you know pop when he comes out, it's gonna be a lot bigger. So I like it. Absolutely. Remind people what. What he got going on, you know? But yeah, but we'll breaking overall, I mean, the rest of the call for Raw. What are you? What were your thoughts of, of Raw overall? I thought Raw was good. Raw was definitely solid. Um, I, I like everything they're doing with the Bloodline. I love the fact that the Raw roster was just like fed up with the fucking you know Bloodline taking over, so they all came out and wanted to fight them off. I love how they were all like excited to get into matches with them. The matchup between uh, Kevin Owens and the Street Profits versus the Usos and Sammy was fun. Um, lots of fun with Elias and Solo. That uh, I don't even know what they called the Music City Street Fight or whatever was fucking awesome. Especially like I said, that piano bump was crazy because that shit looked like it was painful. Especially like that second time, like it bounced crazy. Um, yeah, I thought that was a definitely good show. You know, shout out to once again Triple H doing the subtle shit with. You know, you're not paying attention to something, but if you look in the background, there's a story there because I don't know if you guys noticed. I believe it was when Damage Control was coming out to the ring. They were come walking backstage, and we seen MVP talking with Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. And I hope that means that we have a chance to see the Hurt Business back. So I love that they do subtle things like that. You don't have a promo dedicated to it. It's just in the background, so you have to look for things. Makes you work a little bit, but I think that that makes it even better when we do get those payoffs. Definitely a solid draw. I'm excited for the Rumble. We got a couple more weeks going into the Rumble, so I'm excited to see where we build up to that. And definitely shout out to that main event. Theory and Seth Rollins has amazing chemistry with each other. And this is the theory that I've been saying on my show, on here, every time I appear on another podcast, people are like, oh, Austin Theory sucks. I'm like, listen, he's a talented wrestler. The whole selfie gimmick was not for him. That was a fucking rehash of Tyler Breeze. That was not for him. But this Austin Theory, this is the guy who I've seen hold the title, the Evolve Champion, for over a year in the Indies. This is the guy who ran rub shot over the Indies. So I'm excited to see this Austin Theory, like I said, someone with more ruthless aggression, now showing what he could actually do that he's being more of himself. 
And his match with Seth Rollins was fucking amazing. You know, even though he ended it with a low blow, I see people complaining about that. People need to fucking learn the psychology of wrestling. Heels do heel shit, okay? The match is not going to be a clean victory for, uh, what's called, for Austin Theory because he's a fucking heel and he's going to win by any means necessary. I'm not mad at it at all. So that's it. <laughs> oh, Nick. Hey, Sophie, yeah. give me what's good. Shit, pal. Yeah, <laughs> Nick McMahon, right? Man. <laughs> Nicky Mac. Nicky Mac. And of course, very brief. Now let's get into NXT. The only thing I want to talk about NXT, very brief, it is getting more exciting for me. I, I've now yeah. invested. I want to say that now. What that out to Apollo Crews and Carlo Hayes. That open matchup was fire. It was a banger. I fucking enjoyed it. Um, that's the Apollo Crews I love to see. I know we've been we've been probably saying this for quite some time, digressing with Apollo Crews' problem is his mic skills. I hope that he's able to I just hope he finds himself, man. I think that's where he's missing. He needs to find himself. His in-ring skills, I don't question him at all. No doubt. He's phenomenal in the ring, no pun intended, AJ. But it just – Yeah, I know. Yeah, that man. was a nasty injury. Speedy, speedy recovery. I know he broke his ankle. Shit. Yeah. He's out for six months. No surgery, so that's good. He, he's, he's good. Not to, not to divert too much off and not to cut you off. Sorry about that. But do you know that that is the first major injury that AJ Styles had in his whole fucking career? Yes. AJ Styles never had a major injury. And then look at it. He's at the tail end of his career, and he breaks his ankle. It's crazy. Man, that is crazy. That is crazy. But, yeah, like, so, I mean, shout out to Carmelo. Great match. He did a fantastic job with the pick up the win. Good win for Carmelo. Um, I'm loving, you know, Axiom as well. They're building him up very well in NXT. Likes his match uh, that he had up with Tricky, Tricky Williams. Uh, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, again, none of the banger match. False cut, you know, anywhere. Oh, man, that was brutal. Enjoyed it. Uh, even though they botched the table, you know, but they still made it happen with the gory bomb. Uh, I liked the, the women. Uh, I forgot who, which one. The girl from – see, I'm trying to remember their names, but I know the girl with the U shirt came out. Oh, my God, girl fighting, and everybody's fighting, as Rock said. Oh, yeah, you guys be fighting a 20-minute, 20, 20 women battle royal. You get a shot at me. And, yeah, I'm just – I'm excited for NXT. Um, I know next Tuesday's New Year's Evil for them on on USA, of course. The Grayson Waller and, and Braun Breaker. I'm looking forward to that. So there's NXT is starting to develop little by little. Um, there is, of course, certain talent that I'm like, eh, it doesn't work. Will work. Like the Kofi Weston. Kofi, yes, I see. I talking about fucking Kofi Weston. Kofi Kingston. Shout out to Dirty Hills, by the way. Um, oh yeah, but. Oh, you know, so you know, Kofi against uh, Kofi Kingston against Joe Gacy. I like. I just wanted to point out something. Ava Rain, the rock star, is fucking tall. I don't know if you saw like her next standing next to Kofi. I was like, shit, mm-hmm. how tall is she? Because she is fucking tall. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, I the bull there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> let me not say anything. Uh, Oh, we're TVMA, but it's okay. But yes. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if you caught NXT or highlights of it. Give us a take. What do you feel about NXT's momentum right now that it's coming fresh new year, starting fresh, and how they're going heading into Mania weekend for them? How do, how do you feel about it? I feel like NXT has been 
even when they were still 2.0 with all the colors, like they definitely were building up and getting better and better and better. So I think that now it's like, you know, having the influx of some of the main roster talents, like the new day on the show, having guys who are ready to go up at any moment, like Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker on the show. It's, it's a fun mix of, uh, of styles and stars. I think that people need to give it a chance, you know, for everyone who was a fan of black and gold, this is closest to what we had before the whole, uh, what's it called? The whole 2.0 reboot. So I enjoy it. Um, Carmelo and fucking Apollo was amazing. Such great chemistry between these two guys. I would love to see another match between them. Apollo, he he definitely showed a little bit more character work on the main roster when he went to the Nigerian uh, King gimmick that he had with Commander Aziz. But like the whole, you know, like the whole gaining that accent and acting all like that, that shit kind of like took me out of it because like, where's the accent coming from out of nowhere? But like for sure, I think that he he still needs mic work, but like in ring, the man is fucking amazing. I've been following this guy for a long time. I remember when he was on the indies as Uha Nation. Like he he was fucking amazing. And I think that he's a veteran that could teach a lot to these younger kids in NXT. But eventually I do feel like he does come back up. There's always gonna be a spot for someone that talented in WWE. So I, I really did enjoy this episode and I think that People need to give it a chance, especially if you want to give it a chance. Tune in next week because New Year's Evil, that card looks stacked. I'm definitely excited for Waller versus Braun Breaker. I'm actually excited for the Creed, Bar- the Creed Brothers versus, um, who is it, uh, those, uh, the Sing guys? I, I forgot the name. I really, I see, I'm, I'm not going with names. I'm learning with NXT, guys. So give me a break. I apologize, whoever listening. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward for that tag match. That's going to be a brawl right there because you got four massive meaty men going after you know each other so oh man that's gonna be good shit but i'm excited for that i think grayson waller and also um and braun is gonna be a great uh storytelling i think i don't think the feed's gonna be uh over i think they're gonna give you know grayson waller another opportunity oh there you go sangha sangha and veer thank you bakley that match was the creed brothers i'm excited to see that one i'm uh, ready for the i know he's probably not ready we all been saying that i'm too soon but we'll see. We'll see what happens for sure. What is going on, Claudio? That's right, Dirty Four. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sure what up, man? Dirty Four. All right. Now, now at the moment everybody's been waiting for. Everybody's Uh-oh. been waiting for our thoughts, and of course. And here we go. That is right. Who's that? Mercedes <laughs> Monet made her debut at New Japan for Kingdom 17, which I was up, I know. I tried to do the live show, guys, but no, there was no way. I was in and out falling asleep. I was trying to make sure that I did not want to miss the whole entire card. Uh, but ah, it was a great show. If you haven't watched it, go back. Subscribe to BeachPanWorld.com, man. And it's you can and you also you can watch New Year's Dash for free. It's right there for free as you as well. The whole card was great. I enjoyed it, but we're gonna save that for Saturday's recap. But Bakley's he's gonna be joining us on Saturday. We'll talk about that and New Year's Dash. We're not going to get into the whole card. We're only going to get into the debut of Mercedes Monet. You know, of course, the anticipation that it happened. And I know we got the, you know, the the entrance money, money, money. And then she came out. Man, I like, you know, the way she was dressed. The way how she came out was, oh, man. Is it, Yes, it's Dirty Heels approved. It definitely is. is. It definitely <laughs> is. 
But man, I lost my shit. I was happy. I was like, yes, yes, finally. Yes, I was. And now she came out right after the match that uh, Kyrie had against Tam Nakano. Kyrie, Kyrie retained. Of course, you know, Mercedes came out, shook hands, gave her the whatever gory special that I know it was. It wasn't her botch. It was more Kyrie. It is what it is, guys. I mean, but I overall, it's now great for New Japan. But the biggest question here, De Niro, besides besides getting your take on her making her debut in New Japan, and we already know she's been working with Stardom, a lot of people are speculating, and because of the dirt sheets, I want to say that dirt sheets, that we might see her in AEW, that... You know, we'll get into Dynamite. Uh, we'll talk about it with the director, too, about that. But I want to get your takes on Sasha Bank. I mean, excuse me, Mercedes Monet. My apologies. Give us your take on the name and her debut in New Japan. And what is your expectations? Are you excited? You know, her competing in stardom. And she made the announcement she's fighting on February 18th, you know, Battle of the Valley. The, you know, challenging Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship. Are you excited, De Niro? How are you, how are you happy that this debut? And do you like the name? Uh, fuck. I mean, Sasha Banks is one of my favorite women's wrestlers of this generation. Like, she's she's amazing. And what up, what up, uh, Devin? I appreciate my you. Tribal my Chief. tribal chief. Throw those ones up. Throw those ones up. Oh, hold on. I got to play what those up? things. Like, ah! Acknowledge me. You got to acknowledge my Tribal Chief right yes, there. Yes, sir. Always got to acknowledge. Hell yeah. But uh, now, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited. I'm excited to see what a non-WWE Sasha Banks looks like. What does she look like in the ring? Like, what the character is going to be at mo- as it develops more. Um, as for the name Mercedes Monet, I-, I like it. Mercedes, I believe, is her real name. I believe yeah. that's her. Like, that's her real yeah, name. That's that's her, her real government, name. right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. definitely cool. It shows that she's more of herself, I guess, by going by her actual name. Uh, Monet just fits perfectly just because of the whole gimmick, the boss, the, you know, banks, money, blah, blah, blah. So it, it does fit. Um, as for the debut, I was cool with everything besides the promo. That, you know, the, the crowd, that first of all, the language barrier, it sounded like she expected more of a reaction and it kind of threw her off on the mic because the promo was not hitting with the crowd because the crowd doesn't, you know, speak English. So it, it was... It seemed like there was a little disconnect there, but I feel like if she was to go to AEW, that would have hit a lot harder with them, with those fans. But for everyone saying, oh, she botched this, she botched that. she Like, first of all, she hasn't been in the ring for how many fucking months? Yeah, It's been a while. I think, when did she walk out? May? Yeah, May. May last year. So... Yeah, do the math. Like, how many months is that? Like, it's 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 a while, you know. Ring rust is real. We've seen wrestlers take two weeks off and then look rusty in the ring. So if you're not getting those reps, not getting those bumps in, then you're of course you're going to look a little rusty. So I'm not mad at that. I I fucking hate these fucking fickle ass fans who are constantly like, oh, Sasha Banks is one of the best. Can't wait for her to come back to WWE. And then all of a sudden she shows up to New Japan. It's like, oh well, she was never a star. She's about to get exposed. She's about to like that happens to everybody. Everybody who leaves the WWE, there's always that talk of before they go somewhere else is like, oh, WWE fucked up by letting them go. 
And then when they show up somewhere else, oh, well, they never really were a draw. They're not going to be a needle mover. Like, shut the fuck up. I see so many people shitting on this. This is such a cool moment. Sasha Banks, in my opinion, was a WWE lifer. So the last thing I was going to even imagine was Sasha Banks in New Japan. So I think that this was an awesome moment. I'm all for it. Can't wait to see her and Kyrie at Battle in the Valley. Definitely down for this. And if she does go to AEW, it'll be awesome because I doubt she's going to be on every New Japan show. So while she's like in between New Japan tours, why not wrestle in the United States with AEW? I know there has been reports that she was going. Well, you said we're going to talk about it. I know that there's reports that she did sign. Now there's reports that she didn't sign. She's not going to be. So, yeah, sure. it's going to be interesting. But, hey, you never know. We didn't think Soraya was going to or Soraya was going to show up, but she popped up. So I would not be surprised if we see Sasha, well, Mercedes Monet anytime soon in uh, mm. AEW. Fickle. Mm. They're fickle. Yes. You fucking fickle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm happy. I'm really happy. You know how Bakley mentioned, you know, she's getting used to the Japanese crowd. Of course, it's yeah. something neat for her. She's been wanting to come and travel over the States. And I'm like, I've been mentioning private for she needs that itch back she wants to get back she wants to find that love and passion for professional wrestling again she needs yeah. to venture out and go to new japan go to you know compete in stardom where i feel that she's gonna fall in love with it because the matches that they have is absolute oh, yeah. bangers um but she had a queendom just passed you know that was a hell of a card which i'm not even done watching him to finish it uh but they have a lot to that they could they could really give her to work with, and I feel this is something new for Mercedes that she's able to work along. And not only that, she's able to work with CMML since the New Japan has a relationship. She's able to go up there with the women's you know roster and CMML. She's been wanting to do that. Uh, do I see her in AEW? I really don't see that happen. I think I like I, I did see the post conference. She said, "Well, look, I think you should be happy. You got you got me first. You know, she mentioned that you got me first, you know, and I just, you know, I'm there. I'm all about the money. I'm here to be, have my world tour, take over the world, you know, here in Japan, I'm going to start off first. Then, you know, she mentioned Mexico. So, I mean, this we're going to get that from her. Do I see her in AEW? There's a reason why I don't see it. And oh, you know what? I'm going to save it. Oh, you know what? I'm going to save it until the director gets here. Stay tuned. I when we talk about the women's, I will save it, and I'm going to yeah. say why she does not need to be an AEW. There's no need for it, honestly. The one thing will benefit New Japan is now you're getting the audience, you know, the casual audience to pay attention to another product, especially for stardom, and especially if they're coming into the states. Then yes, okay, perfect. You know, that's if you put the belt on her, I wouldn't be mad about it. Uh, but it gives the opportunity for her to tour around, and especially with New Japan strong, New Japan coming here to the States, you want to develop that more, gain, you know, the casual audience's eyes on the product, and she is the perfect one to do that. Even if it's six, seven matches that she signed for, it doesn't matter. But at least within that time, you can say that you've done it. And that's one thing I'll give kudos to, to Bushida Board and New Japan and Gato 
they got someone a high market, you know, value, you know, that she is. She's a hot commodity, and she's, she's the hottest free agent on the market. Mm-hmm. Like, and that goes for men or women. Who's a bigger star right now on the free agent market than Mercedes Monet? And I, that's not just talk about how great she is in the ring and the star power that she has in the ring or in wrestling. Like, she's mainstream. She fucking was in The Mandalorian. She, she's a mainstream superstar who is going to be well-recognized by mainstream audience and casuals and is going to bring those casual mainstream fans to New Japan for wrestling, which is smart. And that's exactly what you want to do when you're building a new division. That's what AEW did when they hired fucking uh, Chris Jericho, right? You got a new thing. You're going to bring people in that people know, so it gives them the opportunity to watch it. Now, you know, for all the Sasha Banks fans out there, they're going to Google where's Sasha Banks. They're going to hear about New Japan Pro Wrestling having a women's division. They're going to check it out now. So it's it's smart. It is 100% smart, and they got the hottest free agent on the market. You know, and it's refreshing that, these people don't go straight to AEW. I, I like seeing these people in AEW, but I like the fact that, you know, we always see the hottest free agent goes right to AEW. Like as soon as the 90 days is up, they're debuting on fucking Dynamite or on Rampage. And I think that this is like a breath of fresh air to see a debut on New Japan because it's it's different. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed 100%. All right, last topic of the pro wrestling news that I just caught news today. Jesus, no. I literally just saw this right before the show. Uh, come on, oh, where are you? Fuck! 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 That's how it was. No. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Oh, man. Despite, let me bring in the director. What's going on, director? Hey, yeah. I'll take your point of this man. This man's covering the director. Uh, let me take him out very quick. Hey, I just want. Uh, we're just happy New Year, bro. Happy you as well. Thank you. Ha- happy birthday too. Oh yes. Happy birthday, birthday. Oh, oh, birthday for the director's birthday. I'm not Vince old though, so I can still make solid sound decisions. Oh yes, <laughs> but very quick. <laughs> It's right, ladies and gentlemen, the director, the one and only, and wearing um, the Mandy Donuts. Um, with right. the, hey, I stand, I stand with Mandy or sit or lay down, whatever. I support I support the cause. I'm just saying. See? Even right there. Happy birthday to the wishing figure right there. Oh, thank, thank you, Cage. All right. Um, Brian Cage, my IQ. <laughs> Christian Cage, my IQ. King of the Cage, my IQ. Uh, what else is there? Cage, uh, Rage, my IQ. Yeah, before we move into Dynamite, I just want to Get this fucking shit out of the way because I know today Vincent Kennedy man announced that he's coming back. He's in the process of coming back because he wants to oversee the sale and wants to see a, a potential quote on that. He made the announcement himself. This is no dirt sheets. This is, he made it himself. He wants to come back to overview, obviously, the digital media, you know, you know, contracts because you know 
USA Network, Fox is coming up to spring 2024. He wants to make sure that, you know, you know, television wise, it goes up to par. And of course, potentially selling the WWE, you know, the WWE. And also he's bringing two of the former people that he fired uh, from the board to add on the board. Why? Because he wants them to vote him back in. Remember, Vince still has majority ownership. So he could vote himself back in. So that's why he's bringing these two other people that he fired so they could kind of like be along his side so they could vote for him to bring him back on board. But what, what does this mean for Stephanie and Nikon? Stephanie is the chairman, Nikon CEO. So this Vince, does, Vince, stay away. Stay away. It's like a cockroach. It's like a, I, I know, like, yes, Jesus. When you heard this news, gentlemen, Please tell me you were like, everything's fine. And then uh, before I even ask, ask you this question, my apologies. He mentioned, oh, I'm not going to get involved in stories. I'm not going to get involved in no creative nice. roles. Exactly. That's full of bullshit. Because you know that this guy's going to get involved somehow, some way, and deteriorate what with the particles happening right now currently. This is just a leeway for him to get in involved and be back on board in WWE. When you guys heard this news... Whoever wants to go first, what was your right away thoughts and you know overall about this situation? I, I cried for six hours and just stopped crying right before the show. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not surprised. To be honest, I'm not surprised. That's all. Like, you know, I, I wonder if WWE does sell does get sold. I, I wonder what this means for. Like creative, does Triple H stay in charge of creative? Are they out? Like, I wonder what this means. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but I'm not surprised that Vince wasn't going to be gone forever. Yeah. Director, you feel the same? Is there a buyer lined up or is he just putting it on the market? He's, I, the way how I'm reading the reports from Wall Street that his intentions is to put it in a market. And because the fact that of the upcoming exp expiration of the contracts with USA Network and Fox are going to expire in 2024. So he wants to get this deal now and have everything, especially the intellectual property, prepared for it to be put up for sale and for bidders that we know. One is Disney, that is one who's intrigued of purchasing WWE. NBC is also still uh, in the talks. So you have oh two God. potential. I like NBC. choice. Yeah, so you have two potential buyers that who could be interested in buying WWE. The, the, they have said that though. Like those companies have like put their checkbooks on the table and said, "Let's talk." They had talks prior before before Vince stepped down, but the talks stopped because of the whole okay. scandal situation. Is is it still a publicly traded company? Are they still on the board? Yes. Okay. Stock actually. <laughs> Either one of those two things would be poisoned by Vince's involvement, in my opinion. Yes. If I want to buy a company, if I was to buy uh, Miramax, I don't want Harvey Weinstein at the board meetings. This is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, if I want to buy Jello pudding, I don't want Bill Cosby in the commercials. <laughs> Got a point there. I got a good point. I'm sorry to laugh, but it's a fucking bad point, director. Let's keep it going. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if you want to, you know, that's uh, it, man. Right? Those are like the two most iconic 
sexual harassment violators that have been proven guilty in the court of law of all time. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't want to see Jeffrey Epstein promote a island vacation. Yeah, like he doesn't. He he stopped selling timeshares. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> this is the same thing. This is the same fucking thing. Uh, I don't know what Vince thinks he wants to do, or like what what Vince wants to do is be involved because of his ego. Yeah. What he thinks is going to be accomplished by him being there is delusional and senile. That's it. it he just has um, what's called hubris, which is um, too brave for his own good is the short answer, but he probably is looking at the company's success and how well Triple H is being received. And he's probably immensely jealous and he wants to get in there and um, make sure that he has some involvement in the cell because it's his company and uh, I'll show you how to do a thing or two. Um, But that's it. There's no logic behind it and no company would want him anywhere near this. Who wants to be known as a company, the bot, you know, oh, I shook Vince's hand to get this deal done. Like, you don't want that in your resume. Right. Yeah, I agree. And the guys I mean, who he fired, why would they? Why would he think that they would be in his good graces? Because this he made him like rich. When, That's why he made he put him, like, he put him executives and made him rich. So he feels like you owe me the favor. Uh, and this is the people that you fired because the network wasn't doing well. The WWE Network before they sold to the Peacock because they told you he probably passed him some. I uh, passed him some paralegals and say, hey. I could pay you in a lot more than money. Well, I, yeah, it, well, they, he pretty much gave him all. I could give you be part of the be part of the board, be be part of the chairman of the this, board. This is like when Trump fired James Comey, the head of the FBI, for investigating him, and then now bringing him back because he's getting indicted to help him out. It's not how that works. Good exactly. Agreed. You know who I think might be a sleeper buyer for the WWE? Don't say Dana White. No, no, no. He's slapping his wife. Hey, man, he's just trying to power slap. <laughs> I mean, look, honestly, though, I think that someone that no one's talking about is the same guy in the same company that bought the XFL from Vince McMahon, The Rock. The Rock and uh, his ex wife, they, I've got, um, her name is Danny uh, Garcia. Danny, Danny Garcia. Garcia, right? Right. You know, I wouldn't be surprised they yeah. get a bunch of investors and they buy the WWE. I can see it happening. The Rock is very passionate about the WWE, just like he's passionate about football, and that's why he wants to help out and bought the XFL. He turned down, he turned down an AEW appearance allegedly as just yeah. a, a a belt strapping on someone. I forget the context, but yeah. But which is funny because he he made an impact wrestling appearance for the Ken Shamrock Hall of Fame ceremony, which was funny. That, that's, that's, I think that's a little different. I think that yeah. I think that's honoring his friend, not the company. Yeah, but it was true. still interesting to see The Rock on Impact Wrestling. But uh, yeah, definitely. I think that you know I wouldn't be surprised if maybe The Rock goes in with NBC, especially with the partnership between The Rock's company with NBC having the show Young Rock and now mm-hmm. NBC airing XFL games when that starts up. I think that would be interesting if The Rock like partnered with uh, NBC. I feel pretty. I'd feel pretty confident about the future of pro wrestling for the next century if that were to were to happen. I definitely would too. Uh, absolutely, I'm very invested. Once after the uh, NFL season is over, I want to see how XFL you know does now that The Rock, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, and Danny Garcia. I want to see how that develops, and I'm hoping it goes well for them. And if it does really catch his eye, then this could be maybe how you guys mentioned this. Maybe it could be the. You know, Dwayne pursuing buying WWE from 
you know, from Vince, you know. So we, yeah. we'll see. We'll definitely see. Uh, all right. Before we get to Dynamite, one more thing. I want to let people know. Make sure January the 27th is coming up. Another SoCal Pro Wrestling event. PCW Ultra, the anniversary, which is the seven-year anniversary for PCW Ultra, coming to you live on January 27th. Make sure you guys purchase tickets. Go to PCWUltra.com. As, of course, we will be there in attendance, of course, and we're sponsoring Sim Bodie versus Alexander Hammerstone. You have Masha Slamovich versus Viva Van for the PCW Ultra Championship. Black Taurus versus, of course, Jacob Fatu for the PCW Heavyweight Championship and much more matches. David Richards, we're making his return versus Jay Bidel for the Ultra Lightweight Championship as well. Go to PCWUltra.com. Purchase tickets because they're going to sell like hotcakes. We'll be having a raffle soon to give out two free tickets, so stay tuned for that. To make sure, ladies and gentlemen, per tickets go to PCW Ultra. That's right. Now it's time, people. You know time it is. It is time. It's time. It's time. It's beta time. Dynamite. Dynamite. But I want to look at everybody's um, wrong picture. Let's see. Where the hell's the picture? So, Jesus Christ, this is what happens when you have so many things here. But, yes, Dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. The new, brand new Dynamite, the production, everything else that uh, – well, let's look at the card here, first of all, before we even get into it. Uh, before we actually we get into the actual card itself, I want to get your gentleman's thoughts of the new look, how every, you know, how AEW looks. Uh, it's to get your thoughts – let me. Pull, I have two pictures here for you guys, so you guys can see it. That's what I was looking for. So let me pull them out right here and move out of the way. All right. So this is how it looks from on top, right? I the they did setup. a very okay. I'll be honest with you. They did a very not good job of conveying that stage to me on Dynamite. I did not see that. The only thing I saw was that the announce booth was to, on the uh, face side uh, exit ramp, and I was like, oh, okay. That's no big deal because they moved the raw stage like 19 times in his career. Um, that looked sick. That looked cool. That looked um, it looked like raw. It basically looked like just like a a, a better house show raw. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm say not, no. Bro, right. clear. Not better than raw. Better than a house show, but almost raw. There you go. <laughs> there there you go. I don't want to be like an asshole here. But I think it's very half-ass because <laughs> yeah. I was disappointed. The stage, though, looks fucking awesome, right? I love it. The stage looks amazing. I like the blue and red color scheme. But then you get to the ring, and it's the same old fucking black and white yeah. ring. With the I didn't notice. If I were looking at the hard camera angle, I would not have noticed anything different. And yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't disappointed because I wasn't expecting anything. I didn't know there was anything different besides they moved the announcing booth. But Tony Khan was promoting this as, oh, we have a whole new look. You have a yeah, whole I missed new that. Look. I missed all that. There it is. Not I didn't get any of that information. Yeah. I didn't get that information. I didn't. I wouldn't. I wasn't. Usually, if I'm watching something, I'm like, oh, they changed the rope colors. Oh, the trim colors are different. I would have noticed, and I did not. Exactly. He was on busted open saying, tonight we're debuting a whole new look, a whole new feel, a whole. Go new back new to the, while, while he's talking. Bring that picture back up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. So the picture, it does look very WWE like the, the LED boards. And, you know, I'm not mad at it. It does look very pleasing for television. 
So I know people were saying, oh, it looks too much like a WWE. Listen, WWE has the best production in the fucking world. So if it's WWE, that's good. But yeah, I'm the ring. Like, if you're going to go with the red and blue color scheme, put red and blue robes, do something different. The fucking logo is still got the black and the white and gold. So your color scheme is red, blue, white, gold. Like, there's too many colors. It's a clash. It looks weird. If you were going to go with the new look, go with a completely new look. I would have done either white ropes or something just to change it up a little bit because like I said, you had the beautiful new ramp and then as soon as the wrestler starts walking to the ring you're like, you're seeing it slowly go back it's kind of like Dorothy walking back to Kansas you see all the colors and then it's going back to just the black and white and it's like hmm, there ain't nothing really new about that yeah, I gotta pull up right here It that looks, I mean you. I can't, nothing new, nothing there new they could have done, which would have been even subtle enough for me to notice, is on the curtain on the um, you can't see where my mouse is, but where you know where AEW is, they yeah, could have yeah. put the cool, the cool um, paint splash color scheme that they always use, or do uh-huh. you know? Um, I'm obviously a huge fan of like synthwave 80s neon aesthetic, which is what AEW has always done. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying put an LED board there because that would definitely be a huge WWE thing. <laughs> But the entire ring area is still the black and gold. It's still the NXT colors. They could have definitely have colored it up a little bit. I I don't mind black ropes because it's easy to not see them, which I like. I don't like white ropes per se. Like when I watch like kickboxing or um or Dream FC, like I the white is very distracting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean that's just the NXT colors. It's the original AW and nothing new. So maybe next week. It's like the TNT title when they debuted. It was like. This is our new title, but it's not done yet. Don't worry. This is not our complete design. Remember where yeah. I, when it debuted, it was so plain? Yeah. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. wait a couple of weeks. We'll show you the real design. Like, why yeah. debut it now then? Debut it when it's fucking yeah. done. Here's our half title. Oh, man. <laughs> but you see, you got to see that, you know, Tony Khan is. Because I'm built differently. Tell me he didn't just say that. He said it all right, but I mean, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I mean, the entrance is cool. It does Fucking gives awesome, you that? It, it gives you that raw. I mean, what, one thing that kept this heel and face coming out the same, like you know, sides. Just obviously, you don't have a ton on no more. It just only yeah, I like that. Front screen. Well, they do have at least it, at least there are the two entrance sides, which I'm yeah, cool with. that's very I think Japanese, um, inspired. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely it is. I mean, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm still right. gonna watch. I ain't mad at it. I just now. I mean, I'm finding this out right now that any of that was new. So, um, <laughs> I'm. It could be. They could do more. They could do more on the on the on the ring side. So let's uh, let's wait. I'm still gonna watch. Yeah. Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho. Let's go. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Right, let's go. That is right. Beginning of the matches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That is right. So we got Ricky Starks with Chris Jericho opening the matchup for Dynamite. Great matchup. I would say it was, it was a scary moment. I thought him getting hit with a baseball bat by Bernard. I thought it was going to be over. It was going to pass I out. Yeah, I would have been. I, I, I'm sorry. I wouldn't accept it. I would have been pissed off. It's just Jazz 101, though. That would have been a jazz ending if I ever seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But man, this is a great opening match. I enjoyed it. The good joke. I love it. I think a joke. That's why you're the greatest jerk of all time. You're the Tom Brady of professional. 
because that's right. You pass the torch, Don. Of course, Ricky starts one with the upset. Yep. You have Ricky Starks, of course, with the upset. And of course, of JAS, not Jazz, but Jazz came out, of course, and attacked Ricky Starks. Of course, we saw Ricky on uh, Ricky, was it Ricky? What was his uh, Andre Andrade, whatever his name is. Yeah, Andre uh, Andrade, whatever. His Andretti. Name. Andretti, excuse me. He came out, tried to make the save, but he got his ass whooped too. And of course, Ricky Starks got put through the table by Jake Hager. It looks like the, the feud is not over yet, but. I like this opening match. It was great. Fantastic. Congrats to Ricky Starks. One thing I wanted to just mention before I pass it to you, gentlemen. The crowd was hot, man. Seattle, fucking hot. It had me going. It had me pumped throughout the whole show. So, you know, shout out to Seattle because they really made the whole show really, really oh, exciting for me. So this was a great. And seeing the fans being behind, you know, Ricky Starks too. Love it, man. Love the momentum for Ricky. Don't, don't, don't let it stop. Keep it going. I'm glad that Jericho chose him to get involved in the story and develop something with him, and maybe we see down the line. But we'll see. Uh, director, I'll take it to you, man. Give us your take on this opening matchup. Got Jeff It's our. It's lonely inside. Um, thank you. <laughs> I've never actually played that song before. I can do it better. There we go. There yeah. Go. Um, a lot of applause. Awesome. Bravo. That being said, I love the reception Ricky Starks is getting. I love the signs in the audience. I love the people posing. People have the merchandise. They're showing their support. Ricky Starks is definitely the future of the mic of, of AEW. He's... He's gold. He's he's just gold. He's gold everywhere. He's he 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 can wrestle. He can talk. He looks good. He sounds good. He's technical. He's got charisma. He is 1997 The Rock, and I love every second of it. Um, I also thought the near falls from cheating were gonna. I mean, I would have been um, not surprised if that's how Jericho had won coming off that surprise upset against Andretti. Um, but that's not what happened. Ricky Starks won and he won clean and he got through Jazz to do it. And that's two upset losses in three weeks for Jericho, which is such a sacrifice to bring up the younger talent like that. Huge sacrifice. I mean, sacrifice in the sense that like so many people in the business, their egos are too attached to their wins and not attached to the glory of the rub. And for the layman's at home, the rub is when iron sharpens iron. It's when, um, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels wrestled at WrestleMania 12. Bret gave the rub to Shawn, and Shawn was a superstar after that win. That's going to happen maybe not to Andrade very fast, but it absolutely is happening to Ricky Starks. Absolutely, pun intended. Uh, where this leaves Jazz, um, is Jericho going to get sick of a bunch of dudes not being able to hold up their end of him winning when he even has them cheating for him? Uh, is Jericho going to be like, fuck this group thing, I'm going solo again? I don't know. That's me just fan fictioning what could happen in the future. We'll see. I can see that happening. I can see Jericho and Jack Jake Hager in the future, you know, something like that. But, um, yeah, good on Jericho for really just not being a pushover on these up-and-coming up stars. A-plus. Oh, Let's fucking go! 
Break the walls down. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like that. I know a bunch of theme songs that uh probably more probably forgot more than I've learned. <laughs> the narrow, take it away, my brother. I got no instruments, so I'm not gonna be able to top that. <laughs> <laughs> you can let you, you flow. What you do? Hold on, you can lose it, man. They got a mic, man. You're an MC. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's your, that's your instrument. But, Nah, this was a great way to open up uh, 2023. Amazing matchup. Great way to open up the show. Uh, I know, Chris, you always say, like, you, you love how AEW opens up the show with wrestling, and it's really awesome to see that they continue to keep that as the theme. And Ricky Starks is really growing into a real big star for AEW. I think that at this point, you can add him to the pillars because he is one of the new, like, young faces that are going to really go far in this company. And it's a big victory for him to get the victory over Chris Jericho. So, Really cool to see his stock rising. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, I I have a feeling also as well that I wanted to add on that we may be seeing a group that he might get. Oh, let's see. Oh, there, yeah, yeah, you do rap. That's right. See, you don't have an instrument. We'll be laying out my secret in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yes, yeah, that's right. That does count. Anyone knows? <laughs> that does count uh, it, it definitely does count but thank you <laughs> what i wanted to say about this is do you guys think maybe at revolution we'll see like a what is it like five men six men, maybe uh see get you know team up with everybody anybody else but at, him and on action getting other recruits to face jas maybe at revolution could that be the case you think we might see that yeah. down the line like, uh, uh uh, uh, stadium stampede match. I don't know. <laughs> There's one a year. There's been one a year, and it's time. I, I can't imagine who else he would get, though. I mean, if you were to look logically, like FTR, but they were kind of in the pinnacle, right? And then Sean, yeah. uh, Sean Spears was in the pinnacle, but now he's like a good guy. I don't know where he's at. I yeah. can't think of like four other dudes besides Ricky and. I mean, you, you would have to start the recruitment of that like today, like next week. It would have to be like Ricky, uh, Wardlow, you know, shit like that. Like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Santiago, I think is his name, the solo brother from Pun- Pain and Punishment, Crime and Punishment. <laughs> oh, quite powerful. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Santana. Santana. Santana, yeah, yeah. So, like, you, Santiago. You, I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could do it. You just have to start that storyline like next week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. But also, you I don't did. know if I want to go to one of those. I mean, I like the two stadium stampedes we had. We don't need three, I guess. I don't. I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the segment, of course, that we got uh, from Moxley and Hangman Adam Page. Of course, Hangman still. This is what I'm trying to understand. Uh, the doctor's home. You might be cleared until, you know, next week, you know, at the forum. We'll see if you're clear. Hopefully you are. And then, of course, the challenge happened. Uh, one thing about, you know, this segment was Moxie's mic was cut off twice. And I'm pretty sure that Tony Khan had to pay a band, of course, pay some money because he said the F word. What the fuck's going on? What's, what's wrong with this mic? 
Oh, thank you. Really, there's been so many f bombs dropped on AEW. Oh man, just so you see that and Rick Ross telling Keith, yeah, big motherfucker. <laughs> oh, hey, right, exactly. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I mean, oh man, but yeah. Hey yo, what movie. the fuck? Yeah, bombs are that, but. <laughs> Uh, I mean, just, are you guys really invested in the storyline? I mean, you saw what Hagman said. Uh, he mentioned he's what he's he's mad at the fact that I guess Moxley's not acknowledging him, and Moxley's saying, "Oh yeah, you're not at my level, kid." So I mean, if it does happen next week, which which it is, of course, because it was announced, which that's what threw me off because they were like, "We'll see if you're cleared by then," and now they put it that he's cleared. Okay, he's in wrestle next week. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about this storyline. Are you guys invested or you guys feel mad about it? What are your thoughts? I'll take it to you, De Niro, first. Take it away, man. I mean, I don't I don't get it. Like, all right, so Hangman says that he's not mad at the fact that Moxley knocked him out. But then two weeks ago, he's saying that he's mad that Moxley knocked him out and he couldn't remember his son's name. So what, what are you really mad at then? Like, if you're going to say that's the reason why you're so motivated to go after uh john moxley is because he knocked you out but now you're saying i'm not even mad at you knocking me out because that's a part of the business what the fuck are we doing here then like you got knocked out you lost the match like why are you so angry you know what i mean so that it's it's a little weird like i don't see the reason why there's so much fire or any reason for them to even have this matchup again and to be honest, the whole storyline of, oh, you might be cleared in seven days just in time for AEW's return to California, like, it's so, like, fake. But I did like the fact that Tony Schiavone during this was like, Dr. Sampson, is that right? Is that right? Will he be cleared? <laughs> he will be cleared. Tony Schiavone is so good at his job, man. It's the little things. I appreciate the little things. Oh, Shiboni. That's right. Good call. That good catch. I forgot about that. <laughs> he didn't know the doctor on camera to see Toy Shiboni. Is that right? Can, can we get confirmation that if he's clear? <laughs> <laughs> Love, it. Love it, man. Director. Yeah, so I don't care too much about the I'm a tough guy. No, I'm a tough guy segment every week. But I do care about the match because we all know that that is going to be uh, just violence. It's going to be it's going to be exactly what we think it's going to be. It's going to be a continuation of the first match, which ended un- with an unintentional kayfabe for real KO of Adam Page, um, which is super unfortunate. I'm glad he's well, uh, but I'm going to look forward to how they step it up. Um, and is that next week? Are we going to be there for that, or is that going to be Revolution? No, it's next week. As the yeah, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be fucking excited for that. Yeah, I'm very excited for this match. I have n- no care in the world about their mic time. <laughs> well, lack thereof, like, because that was shitty. Yeah, wow. it's just I'm a tough guy. No, I it literally it was Adam Page giving us uh, a speech written by Paul Thomas Anderson from "There Will Be Blood." Obscure reference. I'm glad you smiled. I don't um, know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly, you know, I've abandoned my boy. I've abandoned my boy. Um, I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Ah, that's really good. Yeah. 
That was really um, good. That was, that was <laughs> creepy. That, that really was creepy. You channeled something there. That was weird. I love that movie. That was awesome. Oh, I love Isn't it. Isn't wonderful? And scene. Uh, and then Moxley standing there, and I'm not trying to make light of anything, but like he's jonesing from a withdrawal symptom, which I mean, he's just sitting there like, <laughs> like the whole time. I'm just like, dude, chill. Like, you can't be addicted to anger like this, bro. It's like not good. Even the character is like giving me anxiety, bro. Like, right. he's got veins popping. He's fucking literally watching. He's going like this. I'm like, what is that? Who gets so mad they just do weird, touchy shit? Like, and then they're like, they fake were taking off their leather jackets or jacket. Uh, I think denim versus leather. They were like, it was like two dudes at a bar who, like, let's go outside. No, you go outside. No, let's go outside. It's like, dude, just go outside. And neither one of them, like, mm-hmm. One more comparison: the video of the two dogs barking at each other between the gate, and then the gate opens, and then they're still barking at each other, but they don't do anything. It's the same shit. Yep, it is the same. (laughs) And I I think the segment definitely was hurt by the fucking microphone issues because I didn't even I didn't even like three times. Thank you. I didn't notice that, so I'm glad I didn't notice that. I was listening to Adam Page read off a script in his head. Yeah, Moxley grabbed the microphone. He starts cutting a promo. Crowd starts chanting, we can't hear you. So he goes to grab the live mic. The crowd could hear him. Then they turn off the live mic. So then the crowd starts booing again. And he screams out mad loud on the camera, what the fuck is going on here? Then he grabs the other mic. And then he starts cutting the same promo that he said for the third time. And it's like... I wonder because I watched replays, they might have edited that out. Oh, they definitely did. I I could probably say uh, I would have yeah, remembered that. I would have laughed. Wanted... I laugh at shit like that. I love candid shit, especially because I know Mox is gonna say shit like that. Like he's done it so many times in other companies in AEW. So I would have. I yeah, guarantee to... you, in about three days, that's going to be the opening clip in Botchmania. So. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Nate from uh no Russell. I love Russell Botch is my jam. Nate from Russell Botch. Mm. That's who I'm into. Uh, yeah, I think he already put it up too. Because I follow right Russell Botch on Instagram. Yeah, Russell watches shit. All right. All right. And then we get worse. Yo, listen. Listen. By the way, I wanted to. I know you were fucking blowing a fucking gasket when you thought that Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal won the tag team. I couldn't wait to get on here. I couldn't wait to get on here. But then it was reversed. (sighs) Fuck! No, absolutely. Yes, I was like, I swear, I, I was when I was watching, it, and then when the three count happened, I got off my chair and I'm like, You got to be shitting me. You're really gonna take away the fucking tag team titles away from the acclaim to these two. Oh, I mean, I love Jay Lethal, Jeff these two legends, these two Hall of Famers, these two icons. Oh my god, oh, man. I, I, uh. I. I wish they would have kept the fucking titles. I wish they didn't reverse the decision. We could have seen the rematch at the pay-per-view. Think about it. You hate Jeff Jarrett for him doing his job. You know how much heat he would have if he took the titles from the acclaimed? Jeff Jarrett is the... Here's the thing right now. I'm going to tell you this right now. People are going to hate this. Jeff Jarrett is the biggest heel in AEW. Real heel. 
Not MJF. People love MJF. People think it's cool to boo him. People think that he's a cool character and people will want to see him. Jeff Jarrett is the realest heel in AEW because nobody wants him there. And that's why it works. His style is the opposite of AEW. And that's why every AEW fan hates Jeff Jarrett. So I think that he's the biggest heel in AEW. Put a title on him, the heat's going to be magnetized by like fucking a thousand. I cannot believe this shit. <laughs> as much as I want to say you're wrong, but fuck, at the end of the day, you're fucking right. It's it, it's the truth. I can't say no to that. And that's why, I, that's why I'm like, I can't believe this shit. It's the truth. He, he does... Ah, oh, it just gives me that, you know, what Chris did. Like, oh, you know, like, oh, that anger is like, oh, I just want to, like, no, I don't want him there. But I would say one thing I did like, the the entrance between my world and Jadito's, good, good mixture, by the way. I just I don't know if you guys caught that. It was a yeah, like, how they mixed the two themes. I like that. I can, I can I, say I like that. I very much enjoyed their uh, ring attire. The matching ring attire made sense. Yeah. It looked like a tag team. There's not a lot of that out there. I mean, I, in my opinion right now, where a tag team looks like a tag team. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, that'll be a good, good match. Uh, of course, Aubrey. Cause... One, of the, one, of, one of the best opening raps uh, as well. Everything that has happened in the past week was super relevant, and he used all of it, and it was all super fire. One of, my favorite, one of my favorite opening acclaimed raps of all time. Like it just it was, he was just so lucky that so much savage shit happened this week, and he just turned it into a shotgun blast to Jay Lethal and uh, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> yeah, all that shit. <laughs> go, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The rap last week, the the, the music video, yeah, that caused a lot of heat, <laughs> a lot of problems, a lot of real life drama on Twitter. So, Aaron Kurt, a lot of shit was going on. Oh man, definitely. Hey, I could say that that rap music. That rap video and and the rap from that you know before the match started, I would swear I banger after banger after banger after banger after banger after banger after banger because yeah how you mentioned it got everybody it got Karen dude it got Kelly Kelly talking like well why why did Kelly started beginning talking because you know this whole shit. Was because of the acclaim, and it got Kurt Angle a little bit in trouble because of like, what? When did this happen? And then, add, and then not only that, adding um, Victoria involved in that, uh, Don Marie Kelly Kelly, like, Don Marie, and I'm like, what? So yeah, I mean, if you listen to Jeff Jarrett's podcast, which Ivan, I'm sure you're not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't listen to the podcast. If you listen to his podcast, like Jeff Jarrett was legitimately pissed off about that rap because it opened up a whole can of worms that he did not want to reopen because like a lot of people started, you know, messaging him. Oh, you stole Kurt Angle's wife, blah, blah, blah. And he told a story that, you know, before Kurt and Steve Austin stole Mongo's wife, who gives a fuck? Exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing, like Kurt Angle and Karen were separated for a year living in separate houses because Kurt Angle basically cheated on her with other women in the WWE. And so Karen was single, Jeff is single and they got together, but because she was still an angle because they weren't legally divorced yet. It's, Oh, you stole her wife, his wife. That's exactly the same shit that happened with Corey Graves, ex-wife. Mm-hmm. 
they were in trial separation and then he started dating Carmela during the trial separation. But in her incendiary tweets, she never mentioned they were separated. And he was like, you filed for divorce like two months ago. I'm legally and emotionally single. Yes. Yeah. And then she stopped tweeting. She, she was like, Fuck. yeah, it's the same exact thing. So if you're, you know, for everybody who's spinning the narrative that, Kurt and Karen were a happy couple and Jeff Jarrett just swooped in like a fucking savage and stole her and be like, you're coming with me. Like, that's not what happened. Like, <laughs> By the way, Kurt had a girlfriend way before Karen even was with Jeff. So it's like, let's cut the shit out. Like, come on. No one stole nobody. Like, everybody was happily separated. And all consent. It. Yeah. <laughs> it was all consent. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the... I'm... That's not my team is the issue. It is what it is. I just like the fact that it, 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 like it, it is fun. It is a little bit of fun. It's a guilt for it's a little guilty fun to little to dish a little bit of this out though. I, you know, I, I would like to imagine though, in my like in my mind, like Kurt is walking down with like Karen down like the aisle or whatever, and then Jeff Jarrett's right there with a guitar, smashes it over Kurt Angle's head, grabs Karen, and that's how he stole her. <laughs> but that is not what happened, people. But go ahead. I mean, any go ahead, take it over about the matchup. You know, anybody wants to take it over. I mean, I got. I already said my piece. Yeah, no, I like the match. Good match. Jeff Jarrett can still fucking go. Like, I don't give a shit. Uh, I don't have the same disdain for him in the real world as other people do. Uh, what what Delorean said about how he represents everything AEW doesn't is a beautiful point to make because that's how you get heat. Um. He is a good old boy, but he knows it, and he knows that you know it, and he knows that you don't like him, and he likes that you don't like him, and I like that. Improv, <laughs> <laughs> improv. I'm just off the cuff here, man. But yeah, they're gonna be tech champs, uh, even if it is for like a weekend, which <sighs> I would still, I would like that. I like, I like heat, man. I love heat. Shout out to two minutes of heat, four minutes of heat, <laughs> rock and Ricky Gibson, yeah. Love those guys. Midnight I mean, Heat. Midnight Heat. That's right. Midnight Heat. What was it? No, but they were also like two minutes of heat too for a while. Yeah, that was three minutes. There were two minutes of heat before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not. I'm not wrong. No, 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 no. no yeah. I, so never, Lord, no, no, if you don't know, if you don't know, two minutes of heat. Go watch. Go follow them on Instagram. They're the shit. One of the best yeah, guys. Really, yeah. Yeah. SoCal special. Yeah. From Flair's last match, it was Jared. Still got it. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been saying. Like. Jeff Jarrett showed it there. Like, even if you want to go back to last January, his match with Effie in uh, GCW, he's definitely showing that he's still in great shape, still could go. And he is, you know, relatively young. He's 55 years old. People think that Jeff Jarrett's a lot older than what he is. So, I mean, if Sting is beloved at 64, like, Jeff Jarrett is almost 10 years younger than that. And it's like, oh, he's too old to be here. Like, you got fucking Sting here. Like, come on. It's so- Sting! <laughs> Good impersonation. But no, yeah, I, I thought the match was uh, good. I, I enjoyed it. And I love the fact that, you know, the heels got the titles, but then Aubrey came out and like reversed it. Cause you know, I, I always said like, that's so stupid. If you're on live TV and you have replays because you're showing replays during the matchup and something like that happens, how come you can't just go to the replay like a sport? Cause if you want to be considered a sport, there should be a replay rule. So Every I like the sport does it. Look at NFL has like 19 referees and they all will convene with each other on exactly. one flag on the play. It's uh, I, I hate how long it, I, I hate how long it takes, but at least it gets shit official. Word MLB same thing. They they'll watch the play like to see if it's like an out or 
or it's safe. Mm-hmm. They'd be watching the play, even though it's clear, they'll still watch for like 15 minutes and then they'll make the decision. Yeah. So it's like, I like that they had it feel like a real sport by going to the replay and Aubrey coming out and saying, no, this has to restart. But I do think that we're going to get a rematch. And I think that if Friday, we have a rematch. Battle it's happening this Friday. Battle of the Belts is happening this Friday. Battle well, of the I'll tell you this right now. No holes barred. I think Jeff and Jay, they should win it. Uh, they got a new theme song. How could you not give it to them? Okay, just because of the theme song? Really? Matching gear. Really? You got because of gear. Oh, my God. Really? Really? No! What? <laughs> it, oh, God. I'm going to watch that match. And if they do win, I will be messaging on the chat. You know I want to go fucking crazy. It's, uh, Oh no! You're just gonna put you. You're gonna call me slap nuts or some shit. <laughs> I, fuck, man. I think when I have to. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> I like Jared. What can I say? <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I, I tried, but I can't. You know, I can't. Did you really try? Did you watch I, this guy? You're like, I'm, I'm gonna really give him a chance. I'm not gonna give this guy. A chance, but I just can't. And see, now you got Bakley now saying, "I hope they win." Now, you're great. No. <laughs> I hope not. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Night. Uh, I'm going to be watching that. But speaking of watching, here we go. Let's start with this one here. Quick smile. Squash match. Danielson. Brian Daniel. Uh, but, but Brian Danielson. Brianson. Dianson. Daniel Dianson. Daniel Dianson and Noni Tease versus MFJ. <laughs> or what the fuck? What? That's, what? That's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> yep. Oh my god! And of course, quick squash match. Brian says he feels froggy, and he's feeling. Uh, I think he's feeling more than froggy. I think he was feeling. He was feeling very oozy. I think he was. Think he was it's because you're not feeling oozy. He was. I think he was feeling a little bit loosey. He called that MJF. MJF comes out. First MJF, um, uh, pretty much, to, you know, towards hate towards the fans. Uh, of course, MJF offered Brian if he, you know, wins his, all his matches begin starting between next week until February the eighth, that he'll be the number one contender for him at Revolution. Brian said no, and then. Brian said he'll continue to win matches until he gets no more contendership for the title. And then he gave MGF a better option. The better option is if I start, if I win my matches from now on till February 8th, I'll, I'll take it. But however, I choose the match stipulation. MGF said, said, fine, go for it. Okay. And that's when he chose a 60 minute Iron Man match. Now, this is where I'm really invested, really, really. Invested to hear you guys' thoughts about this 60 minute Iron Man match. It's gonna happen. We already know that. But is the question is, is MJF capable of going 60 minutes? And was this the right move to add the stipulation uh for MJF especially? I feel for Brian, yes, it's because he could go. But what is the what does it mean for MJF? What does it mean? Does it benefit MJF? How would this put MJF over going in a, in a ring for 60 minutes against one of great technical wrestlers right now out of our generation of Brian Daniels? So I'll take it to you, director. Break it down. Take overall. <laughs> 
I like this a lot. It makes sense if you're a technical wrestler claiming to be the best technical wrestler against a guy who uh, is the champion who doesn't agree with you. I, I don't mind this. I brought up Sean and HBK in the Iron Man match, WrestleMania 12. It was the same thing back then. Bret Hart was like, this hippy-dippy flyer flipper can't wrestle. Let's do an Iron Man match. We all found out that that was not the case. Um, I think MGF um, realistically can absolutely go. I, I know that he's a great wrestler. or You know, he's high-level good wrestler. Daniel Bryan is a high-level great wrestler. But uh, what if Wheeler cost Daniels the same title? That's a thing that may happen. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. They never finished uh, that whole story. Yeah. yeah. So can MJF like hang in there in real life? I, I believe he can. Absolutely. Especially if Daniel's like helping him write the story, you know, writing the song essentially for sure. How is MJF going to get out of there with the title? Cause I'm sure he will be. Who knows? Uh, could be something like they're one in one and then MJF gets him insulted to the earth. And then Daniel passes out at zero seconds and that technically counts as a loss. So it's two to one at the zero hour. I would be cool with that. That would be fucking dope because he didn't tap, but he did go unconscious right before the bell. So that's technically a technical submission in MMA. Um, so I would be cool with something like that. I'd be totally down. Um, I'm pretty excited for this. You know, just I'm curious. I'm excited. I, you don't have to have Tony Neese in this at all. He lost in like three seconds. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> he lost in three seconds. Um, yeah, that's my that's my thoughts. I think MJF can definitely hang in there, and I don't see him losing. I'm just curious as to how. Okay. Didn't they yeah. I totally agree. I think that um, well, first off, I just want to say that AEW they they always do this so backwards because AEW always puts these matches that usually in other companies are feud enders as like the first matchup in the feud. Like we we seen blood and guts as the very first matchup between. The, the pinnacle and inner circle when we all thought that would be like the blow off. Right. And now we're getting an Ironman match in the first ever matchup between MJF and uh, Brian Danielson. But I think that it's perfect because like Chris said, I, I don't see MJF losing the title. Like he, he's definitely going to walk out still as champion. He's too early in his title reign to lose it, especially with building up to it all this time to get to this point, just to lose in his first big title reign. I mean, his first big title match. So it's going to be even more heel heat for him when he says that he beat the best wrestler in the world in his own matchup because Brian Danielson picking the matchup only leads for you know more heat when MJF beats Brian Danielson in his own match. So I, I, I can't wait to see how this plays out. MJF is a very good wrestler, and I think that he could definitely hang for an hour. And we, we've seen Brian Danielson go an hour with many people in the past, but... Just recently, a year ago, we seen him go an hour with uh, Hangman Page. And, I mean, I'm not saying that Hangman Page and MJF is the same wrestler, but I feel like if he could have a really good Hangman Page one-hour matchup, him and MJF could be a very good one-hour matchup as well. So I'm all for this. This is very exciting. Yeah. Mm. Here's I'm excited, too, but here's my concern. I'm sorry. We're also assuming that, you know, Brian does win every match between now and the eighth, which yeah, obviously yeah. they wouldn't stipulate that if he wasn't going to. So, of course he is. Imagine he loses like yeah. next week and is like, oh. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they could do that like how they did with Hangman. You know how Hangman lost his contendership with him in Dark Order? You know, yep. him in Dark Order against the Elite, they could do that too. That would be a, a, 
uh, you know, spin around. That'd be that'd be fucking something great. And I would I would have mind. It would that. give you enough time too to build up to something different because you have like a month. So, see, that, that's what I was gonna get to because my thing was my concern would be that let's say they move forward with him winning all his matches, right? Um, they already announced who's he facing next week. He's facing Konoste Takashita. That's gonna be amazing, and that's gonna be a fucking Ooh. banger match. And you know it's gonna be a banger. That's my concern. Is my concern is Brian's Brian's health is my concern. Could he mm-hmm. make it through from now till the eighth? Because he could go all out all the stops, you know. And I, I feel I hope he takes it easy, doesn't over overdo it every match. There's no need to. That's my yeah. concern for Brian, because anything else could change the whole game plan. That's what I'm afraid of. And then again, too, I'm tired of this MJF stipulations. I'm fed up with that. I can tell you that right now. It's boring. We've seen it already happening. Oh, yeah. He did it to Punk. He did it to Warlow. He did it to Jericho. Who else did he do it to? To Cody Rhodes. Uh, who else did he do it to? That's four people, right? That's, I don't his, know. that's his MO. Like, Mo- you have to go through. Mox- he did it to Moxley. Them. Yeah, he yeah. did it to Moxley. It's like, uh, I don't – It's. It's kind of boring. I mean, you gotta switch it up. Even he mentioned it himself. It's like, well, yeah, I know. I always put my people over to going through, you know, steps to get through me. Well, then don't fucking do it. Then, then just fucking don't, <laughs> don't do it. It just be the champion. I know you're the heel, but man, just don't fuck do it. It just, but it's so it's the same shit. And he needs to get he needs to get away from that. I'll tell you what, the champion. He needs to get away from that. I'll tell you what. Like I I, I agree. Like it's just going to the well always with him like it's always the same thing but being that when he did it to Jericho he brought out guys who you wouldn't expect in AEW like Juventud Guerrero and Nick Gage yes. I think that it's going to be interesting to see who he picks because Konosuke Takeshita just signed to AEW alright that, that makes sense but like what if he brings guys in that are not with AEW as like surprise opponents for Brian Danielson I think that's where the intrigue is Let's hope I mean, he does that. Maybe not Hoobitude, but I mean shit. He could bring um someone technical. I imagine Zach he could Sabre bring Jr. Zach Saber Jr. You want to see that he one? Could, I mean, or you could bring Davey Richards. Oh, I saw that match live in Ring of Honor in New York in like 08. And I would love to see it in 2023 because oh. <laughs> That could happen, Davy Richards. If he could, if that's if he brings guests, you know, non AEW, yeah. right? Perfect. It better not be like uh, Aaron Solo or some shit. You know what I mean? Oh fuck! The- <laughs> <laughs> it better not be Aaron Solo. No, I, I no think, disrespect, but come on. <laughs> but here's maybe, and I think the director probably could call it too on this one. What about if he starts bringing back the old gang from PWG? And like towards against them that are not signed to AEW, like I can name you one person can make super you name retired. Chris Hero. Uh, That's no, one. Super Dragon. Super Chris Dragon Hero, came yeah. back from Memphis last year. Chris Hero is, is back. And yeah, but is he was he on Dark like a week ago? Where was, nah. he was he on Ring of Honor? I saw him somewhere recently. He was in Ring of Honor. He hasn't wrestled like in the past. He hasn't wrestled the match yet, though. Right, but he is like back in the public eye. Yeah, yeah, he has his own podcast. Yeah. And I'll tell no, you this I right now. 
I meant like he's back oh. in the ring or he's, he's back near oh. a ring or something, right? <laughs> but he's pretty <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> he threw me off. Sorry. My bad, Craig. I didn't mean to. That's his reaction. That's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know he's like alive and well and online, but I mean, like, I thought I saw pictures of him like in he a ring. He posted on right Instagram. <laughs> I'm on his Instagram, but it's only his podcast. He was in a ring talking recently. Is this correct? Was he at Ring of Honor like him hey, back or some shit? No, huh. no, he was All just right. only like in attendance. I know he was like a he was booking for Ring of the whole sell, you know, for the purchase. Uh, I know he did something with Impact for a little bit uh, because his, you know, he's dating raging. Uh, but wrestling in the ring, I haven't seen him. I'm not in. I know. Not I, know. I know he's a wrestler. I just thought he like got on the mic at an event lately, recently. I don't know where I saw mm. him, but I can. But I would like to see Super Dragon because I know uh, early PWG Super Dragon and American Dragon had a big feud. And mm-hmm. Super Dragon came out of retirement for PWG last year. And I know that uh, Brian Danielson named Super Dragon recently as one of his favorite opponents. So that would be interesting to see that. I would love to see him bring back um, Tyler Black, Kevin Steen. Um, Where are they? I haven't seen them in years. I, I just names it like... Like people that just if faded out into the ether, you yeah. know, like El Generico would be great. For real, Paul <laughs> London. He could maybe Paul London. Wait, wait. <laughs> you threw it the spot. That's my Paul London impression. Every time I'm fired, you're fired. <laughs> Paul London, or maybe uh, Brian Kendrick. Says he's been he's already been released. So maybe. oh, he's definitely been canceled. No, but Brian yeah. Kendrick is back in uh, WWE. He's a producer now. Joey Ryan. Oh, no. That ain't going to happen. That is not going to happen. <laughs> What's that about? Canceled? That's canceled. That I'm not a guy crazy. who wasted his career with a big mouth, man. Fuck, that hurts. Oh, yeah. Um, trying to think who yeah. else in the... Uh, oh, uh, El Gallinero. Uno. Dos. No, no. Uno. I know. And dos. Both of them. No, no, no. no. Just Uno. Okay, just you. <laughs> All right, we can breathe thrice because Talwar was dose. Uh, Sky Andrews was thrice. Mm. Okay, there you go. But I was Uno. Yes, you were the number one. Guy I never, still guy think never. I have the DVD of uh, what was it? Pogo the Clown taking you out. You have wait, you have it? You found it? I have, I have like a shit ton of XPW DVDs. I, I'm sure I had. Yeah. That. I found I, I found one of them where we were jumping him, but I yeah, maybe I don't remember. That yeah, but there's another clip where he gets revenge and takes us all out. And I don't know where that is at. I got to keep looking. If you could get but the yeah. name of the show, I'm sure I have it because I have no idea. they only had like 45 shows and I have like 35 DVDs. So the odds yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was one of the one. It was one of the ones where Super, if Super Dragon's on the card, it was one of those because it was during the Rev Pro invasion angle. And Super Dragon was coming in wrestling like Kid Chaos and shit like that. Was that the Grand Olympic? Yes, it was. I. I think I have it. Yeah. All right. Ooh, I'll try to get a clip and I was called. I'll it. send it to you and we'll yeah. put it up on the circle of debate. It's totally game. down. Because <laughs> I found oh. I found one match. I found a bunch. There's a bunch of footage of me roughing like Excalibur and uh, like Super Dragon matches. Those are easy to find. Just go watch a Super Dragon highlight reel. And I'm in like half of that thing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Love that. Oh, I mean, that'd be so oh, man, that'd be awesome. I mean, shit, dude. I don't know. We'll wait to see what he does, but that's the only thing I'm concerned about. 
the 60 minute matchup, I think will be it will help MGF for sure. Because now we're able to see not only not to mention he wrestles whenever he wants, he appears whenever he wants right here. Now he has to be there for an hour wrestling. So he now has to figure it out, you know, obviously wrestle. So we're gonna see what MGF is capable of, not just only basic moves. I don't think he's gonna do high spot moves, but I know there's gonna be certain ones that he will do. So I'm looking forward of how you know Brian puts him over. So and it's gonna be a great match. I think it's a great storytelling. I'm and I hope it, it hope it does in the deliverance. So speaking of deliver, we got AR Fox and Swerve. Swerve, ladies and gentlemen, he's Swerve. Uh Swerve Strickland, of course, with his new posse. What was it? Mongo Dead, whatever Mongo. I remember it. It's uh, um, Mongo affiliates. Mongo affiliates. There you go. Yeah. Mongo affiliates. AR Fox, man. Every time he never disappoints. I know that at the beginning the crowd was like, okay, but then they dropped the match. They got into it more involved. I'm telling you, man, this Seattle crowd was hot, man. I'm loving it. But man, I like that. I, I know I'm pretty sure you guys enjoyed it too when he flipped out of the ring and then Swerve followed him alongside too. They stared down mm -hmm. at each other. Oh man. And you know, I like how Scalibur thing mentioned that that would teach every student because AR Fox did teach as well as Swerve for his career, and that is true. That is confirmed. Um, and man, he also I mentioned that he wrestled in uh Lucha Underground, so I, I like how he brought up the Lucha Underground, yes. one of the yes. craziest in Lucha Underground history. So, really cool because you don't really see much companies, mainstream companies, actually mentioning Lucha Underground. So, really cool to see that. Absolutely, it was, it was fantastic. But man, I loved it. Man, break it down to their own match, enjoyed it. This was a really good matchup. I, I've been seeing these two guys wrestle for years, even way before Lucha Underground. I remember um, they were they were tag team champions in Dragon Gate USA. Uh, I went to a couple shows like in Queens or whatever. They they wrestled, um, I think Rich Swan and Ricochet, and always a fucking banger, right? Always a banger, and it's it's cool to see them on the main stage. Like I remember when I saw them in, in Evolve, it was in. The upstairs venue. You remember the Elks Lodge in Queens, where ECW used to run the Elks Lodge. The I'd have to like see the layout, but yeah, probably. I mean, once I do, I would. Yeah. Yeah. So they have an upstairs venue that's like a little gymnasium, and they have shows there. And there was like maybe 35, 40 people there to see Swerve and uh, AR Fox. So all these years later, watching them in a big venue doing a matchup against each other on live TV, national broadcast television. Like, it's really cool to see their growth. And I think that, you know, they're both great wrestlers. I'm glad that they had this opportunity to show what they could do, especially AR Fox, because we've seen Swerve in WWE. We've seen him in NXT, but AR Fox is somebody who never really seen on mainstream television besides Lucha Underground. So, and he was even AR Fox. He was fucking, uh, what was it, Dante Fox or something? Like, I forgot his, uh, yeah. So I think that's cool to see AR Fox getting to be himself on broadcast television because he's such a great guy too. I feel that way about Swerve. Um, he just didn't seem to have that fire in his everything with the Keith Lee angle. Um, he's talented everywhere, but I just didn't see them. He almost looked like someone who would gladly go back to WWE if they called him. Um, where this version of him... I like it. I like it a lot. He's like almost like an evil cyber goth villain. And I'm totally about it. Like I, I like, I like he, to the death Valley driver, the Spicoli driver 
from the top to the hardest part of the ring. I did. I was. I was, I was expecting like yes. a Samoan drop to the inside. I was not expecting this Bacole to the heart apron. Holy fuck, dude! That's like a pay per view level move, and he did it on TV. Um, yeah, wow. I'm very excited for this version of Swerve. Same. I agree. He does look more comfortable now than he was before. Yeah, he looks like he's having fun again. Which, I mean, maybe the character wasn't supposed to because he was teamed up with somebody he didn't like. That might have been the angle, but he did a good job of conveying that. But uh, he looks like he's having fun in there. Yeah, for sure. This is such good shit. It is good shit. I totally cannot disagree with what you guys are saying. Agreed everything top to bottom. What did you guys say? Uh, but what the fuck did the other guy gave him in the hand? That's what I was trying to look for. I was trying to find that camera. Yeah. Like, what did he give him? He gave it to him during the day, the, during the the driver, but he didn't like yeah. use it for anything. Yeah, that's, that's where he like, had him like, up, and then he gave it to him. Whatever it was, I didn't even see it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, did he like bonk him on the head with it, and then I I, I don't know. I don't know either. I have to go yeah, back I mean, and look at it again because he gave him something. I don't know what he gave him. Yeah, the I don't know what was on the mic too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, it's yeah. I mean, that's insane. Oh, by the way, here you go. That's where director was referee. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. wow. Hey. Okay. Yeah, that's got to be 2001, and you can definitely tell it's me because of the fucking uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you yeah. didn't watch a lot of home. That's Rev Pro, man. Revolution Pro, SoCal, born and raised. Bro, you were you were Zach Taylor, bro. Home improvement, okay? That I know, seriously. <laughs> Except I was like 16 when I was 16. I'm six, I'm 16 right there, dude. That's I was pretty fucking tall back then for for that age. I mean, you're still fucking tall. <laughs> what you no, I know. About? I, said, like, I, I got I got to six feet when I was 16, but I just stayed there. How <laughs> tall are you now? I'm still six feet. I'm like six one. He, if I have good, he's six one, man. He's tall. He's, he's way taller than me. Yeah, I'm six one also. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. No offense. I have only seen you sitting down. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh man, I'm the shortest motherfucker here in the group, man. No, no, Mike is. Oh, oh yeah, no, Mike Lopez is. You're right. Mike, Mike's probably about you know he's 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 very Mysterio weight class. Yeah, and then it's then it, then it's Matt, and then it's definitely what? Matt. Or is he? Then it's me. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh man, the banger of here. What up, coming homie? into the final hour. We got like one thing left to talk about. Two more things. <laughs> We're almost there. But yes. All right. Let's get into it. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, because this is real. I, I, I help myself the whole Sasha Banks. I help myself because of this segment right here. So, of course, we got the beginning. Britta Baker, you know, Britta Baker and Jimmy Hayter started the, the first segment earlier throughout the show. You know, them mentioning. I mean, I don't know if, you know, who, I don't care who she chooses. I don't know what she's waiting for. I know she said, you know, Jamie Hayter's the killer. I'm the pillar. You know, we're the. the, Me too. Love it too. That was a fantastic line from her. I'm the boss. And, you know, so seeing that uh, from there, everybody started speculating, oh, she's the boss. Oh my God. It's going to be Mercedes Monet. Look, but I'll get to it right now. Then Then we get to the final one. Then we get oh, that's her name. That's right. I thought for some reason her name was Mo Banks. I'm like, that's <laughs> I guess that's a good name. <laughs> I was like, Mo Banks, okay. I Mo guess Banks. 
Mo Banks. Mo Banks. No, yeah, Mercedes. Uh, what is it? Mercedes Monet, like Frankie Monet? Yeah, like well, yeah, but Mercedes Monet. Yeah, that's her name. Uh, how many letters? And then, uh, and then this segment, the uh, the the, the Soraya segment. Then that's when Soraya decided to be with Tony. Ask him. Oh no, Renee Paquette asked her. Oh, so are you gonna choose? Well, man, I gotta choose someone great. There's two incredible women. Oh, I gotta choose the greatest professional world. Everybody was waiting for it. The name, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, is it gonna happen? Is it gonna happen?" No, Tony Storm. I already knew that that was gonna happen. But the look, but the look on Sheena's face, though, she was like, "Oh, what, 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 what? Hey, yo, what the fuck?" Yes, that's what she was. Yes. <laughs> She was that way. I know she wanted you to say son this. Son of a bitch. Uh, but it didn't happen. So I want to get this out of the way because I saved myself earlier. We talked about Mo Mercedes Monet and why I'm saying that she does not need to be in AEW. One thing to say, and I do not agree with a lot of things that Uncle Seltzer says, but I had to agree with him on one thing he did say. It makes no sense. It makes no sense for Mercedes to show up. She does not want a long-term contract deal. She doesn't want to be signed anywhere. What is the point for her to have you to come over just for three or four matches that she could deliver to you? And then leaves. You want to get that attraction. I get it. The, you know, the marketing attraction. Oh, my God. you got. But then again, you're, you're overshadowing your own roster. Because you're bringing this individual who's not signed to you at all fully. She's only coming just to, hey, how's it going, guys? Goodbye. But she's not signed for you. That doesn't, you don't need that type of marketing, you know, value, you know, asset and devouring your roster at the same time. I hate to say it, but I do kind of agree with that because there's no need for her to be there. Tony Khan may have the money to give her that whatever she wants per appearance. But at the same time, you have these six incredible, five incredible women right in front of us that one is fully signed, the Soraya, and the rest are as well. Now help develop this roster. Focus on that. Don't focus on bringing another individual who's not going to stay with you and just going to be like, hey, how are you guys? Yeah, let me do a match or two. I'm going to beat Brent. I'm going to beat Jamie. I'm going to beat Sheeta. And I'm gone. Bye. What is next? You wasted money, a waste. You know, for me, it's a waste of time. I don't know how you guys see it, but this is how I see it. So I don't know what's to take take over from here. Give it a Go. second. Give it a second. The right answer is going to be popping up. Go back to the comments. That's the right answer. That's it. I don't really have anything else to say. Hmm. Let her let her tour the world. She only knows one wrestling style. I know the WWE gives you conditions with which your style is. Um, like within, you know, like you, here's the rule set. Here's the style set. Let her get the fuck out there and see what else is out there. It's Thank like you. a musician only playing with one other musician and never playing, you know, like I said earlier, the rub, iron sharpens iron. Daniel Bryan, same thing. He was a huge indie guy. He wanted to see what else was out there after his big career in WWE. I think that her entire career was in WWE. I barely think she had any indie matches. Let her see what's out there in the world. Let her see Japan. Um, I'm cool with that. And if she comes to AEW for like a one-off event, I'm cool with that too. Okay. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, 
this it wouldn't be out of the ordinary to bring someone in for a couple shots. I mean, we we've seen that in throughout the years, like all the time. Mike Ito, Deanna Parazzo. Yeah, like, I mean, but even if you want to go back, go back in the day, like Ric Flair would come in for a couple shots and wrestle the top guy and beat them and go off to the next promotion and carry on that NWA title. And then on top of that, like we've seen AEW do that. Matt Cardona wasn't signed to an AEW contract, but he came in for like four or five matches, won each match, and then left. The thing is, yeah. I think um, that um, the other guy, the Justin, not Justin Gabriel. What's the other guy? Um, not Cardona. He had another name. Not Tyson Kidd. Fuck, what's his name? He flies around a lot. He had a different mm. name. He, he took the RKO out of the shooting star press. Matt, Matt Seidel. That guy. Same thing. Yeah. I'm, yeah, he, he was around for like half a year maybe. My thing is this. When situations like this happen, my biggest, my biggest example of this being a positive is Sting in TNA. Sting came in for two matches in 2006. Two matches. I am mm-hmm. done with wrestling. I want to have my last two matches. He wrestled a tag match with, uh, with I believe it was him and Christian Cage versus Monty Brown and Jeff Jarrett. And then he signed off for that Jeff Jarrett Bound for Glory matchup. Sting had so much fun being in TNA in front of that TNA crowd and having the passion from those fans that he signed on for about 10 years after that. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that Mercedes Monet doesn't find everything she was looking for that the reason why she left WWE in AEW for those three or four shots and says, hey, yeah, this is where I want to be. I want to be a full-time roster member. I'm, I would rather give her a trial and let her come on and have a couple matches than just say, oh, well, she might overshadow everybody. So let's not – like I said earlier in the show, regardless of people want to say male, female, she is the biggest free agent on the market right now. Any company would be absolutely ridiculous to not give her an offer. I think that if she does come to AEW full-time, it's only going to bring more notoriety to the women's division. And I think that if she comes in for a couple shots, then that's good for AEW to get, you know, a couple weeks of a larger audience because you know she's going to bring in a larger audience. And on top of that, I would rather be the company that says that, yeah, we brought in Mercedes Monet for a couple of matches and they were classics. So instead of saying, oh, wait, yeah, we never brought her in because we never wanted to have our women's division overshadowed by a star like when you bring in bigger stars it's supposed to elevate everybody so i, I don't yeah. see it being an issue to like overshadow the whole roster like or the women's roster i don't think that would happen because the same could be said for soraya you know like well, she's a megastar she has a fucking movie about her like right overshadowing everybody not a good one not a good one but <laughs> a movie nonetheless a okay movie nonetheless. I can agree with you on a certain level, but even the Miz has fourteen movies, but not and about it. All, and, and they're all on DVD. <laughs> the Marine fifteen, the Marine seventeen, the eighteen. One yep. thing I would disagree though. Okay, you mentioned that. Here's the question though: Are you going to give her the time? Are you going to give her the TV time? That's the biggest question there. You're, you're barely giving the TV time for these women. Are you going to give her that TV time? Are you going to really put her out there a lot if you want? Since you're mentioning not overshadowing the roster, that's why I mentioned – well, take, I'll take it back. That's where it's going to overshadow the roster because you're going to give her the time. The question is, are you going give to her, give her the time? Because that's where you can see that it will then it'll get heat on Tony, on TK, because like, what the fuck? You're, you're giving her 
more than 50, like 15 minutes TV time and giving us five minutes, four minutes, I don't three think minutes? I don't think he will do that because look at Soraya. Hey, hey. Soraya is fucking barely on TV. So <laughs> that's because Cody she chose not to most likely, or they don't. I don't know what's behind the scenes. I can't. I, we could throw so many assumptions, but my my concern is. I agree with you. Is, that's the only thing is, yeah. will you give her the time? Because that's yeah. where it comes at the end of the day. Because you have so much on your in the roster, you need to figure out to give her the time and give her the TV time every week. You did it with Baker. I'll tell you that. That was during the pandemic era and the beginning when it was barely opening it up. But now it's different. So now that we have to. That's the question that I have. If, my, my, my theory on that is I do think that we may see, like I'm trying to be optimistic. I think that we may see more women's matches and more women getting time on the show once Ring of Honor starts up because I could see a good portion of the AEW roster going to Ring of Honor to help start it up as Ring of Honor exclusives. So that opens up more time on the show for the women to get over on AEW. Also, something that I think that would be interesting, the only thing is it's going to sound very WWE-like. I think that something that could benefit AEW to give more people more time and give the women more time is to give Rampage another hour, if good, and split the roster. Have a Rampage roster and a Dynamite roster. This way, you could have people getting more time. You will split the roster in half. So instead of having a 1,000 people that you're trying to get on the show – you have a set number that you're trying to get on, and you could build more stories and more characters through that. Kind of like how you had the SmackDown 6 back in 02, 03. Like, more people were built up because you had smaller rosters, and it was more exclusive to a certain product. I think that that would benefit AEW a lot because they have, like, 150 people on that roster, and they don't have enough time to really showcase everybody. So why not split them up a little bit? Um, That, and in the meantime, since you're not having the Ring of Honor – why don't you use the YouTube channels to make stories and then put them on TV? They, they never did that with Diamante. That's another person. Where the hell is Diamante? Uh, you know, the, I heard story with the T, you know, with, uh, I know we go way back, but her story with Big Swole. You know, stories like that that develop it on YouTube. You could take the capability, the time to use that. Instead of squash matches, make them storytelling so that you can put them on television because then from there you can see the people who actually get invested. By watching it on YouTube, the story to be told, you know, information from there to you know, ending on a national television platform. You know, that's I mean, that's just you know, I'm throwing ideas, throwing what could work, maybe. You know, I and I think using the YouTube platform, get rid of you know, rebrand it and use it more of a story developed storylines to input on television on Rampage or on Dynamite because there, instead of squash matches, I think mm-hmm. that should be that be the best way to do it. I don't know if you guys feel the same. But I feel that that's probably the perfect. The, I think I would say one of the ideas that could work to give, especially for the women, to give them storytelling matches heading into uh, Dynamite or Rampage once they're finished. I mean, once they, you know, plant that seed on, on the storylines on YouTube, then take it to the you know to the national TV platform. I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I'm just, you know, it's, I feel about it. No, I, I agree with that. I think they definitely need to utilize all their assets to really like build stories more. But I, I agree. Yeah. Speaking of stories, where the hell are they going with this story? Very brief. I don't know where the hell they're going. Um, 
Cargo one, of course. Baddies, we're gonna get Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. Um, Jade's gonna win, and then uh, that's that. De Niro. <laughs> I mean, there's not much to say. I mean, yeah, there's. It seems like the baddies are all dropping like flies one by one, and Jade's just gonna run through them all. So, well, the baddies was a group of women that she'd already beaten to begin with. It was like, you know, so she's running through them twice, I guess. Use them and lose them. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what that's what I said, Uriel. I said the same thing. And thank you so much for tuning in. By the way, I, yeah, that's I feel the same. I I totally agree. I don't disagree with anything on that at all. Right, main event time: the TNT Championship, Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen. This shocked me. I'll tell you that. I did not expect them to give the belt to Darby, but then again, I thought about it. Oh shit, they're in Seattle. His hometown. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I, forgot about it, I forgot about it. Me too. I totally forgot about it. Oh, it's still irrelevant, though. When they do that, like when they had CM lose in Chicago, I loved it. So, you know, I, I didn't think they were going to pander, but they did. Man, <laughs> it, oh, it was a fast paced matchup. I'm just surprised that he lost that very brief. I mean, that quick, excuse me. Uh, seeing the, of course, the turnbuckle release hit hit his throat, and um, he and his, that Canadian destroyed. I guess uh, Darby gives him some more. He he took it hard, man. I don't know if you guys noticed it. He took it pretty hard. I was like, oh shit, I love that. I, kudos to Joe for taking the move, and then Darby almost busted his knee. Oh my god, I mean, when he threw himself off the ladder. I know you're the daredevil. I know every. I know it's your gimmick, but man, calm the fuck down. Take it easy, tranquilo. Night of. See, Nairo, can you tell me? Tranquilo. Yes, tranquilo, tranquilo. But uh, congratulations to Darby Allen winning. Good to see Nick Wayne. Shout out to Nick Wayne because you know saw him as well. PCW, another former PCW alumni guy. Good to and. The after off the air, Darby told Nick Wayne once to graduate, and hopefully I still have the belt. You'll be fighting me for this belt. I'm looking forward to see. I, I chose Nick Wayne as my rookie of the year last year when we did our awards. Um, so yeah, man. I enjoyed it. Great main event, fast but shocking. So what's next? That's the question. Uh so the neuro, take it to you. Now, yeah, I was actually really shocked by this. I thought Samojo was going to retain. Especially the last time they wrestled, Smojo fucking destroyed Darby. Um, and yeah, I think that Darby being a two-time TNT champion is awesome. Like he deserves it. But I, I think that Smojo had a little bit more, some more legs with this title reign. I thought that at least we won't get another match with him and Wardlow for the title at the pay-per-view. But yeah, now I think that now that Smojo is just the Ring of Honor television champion, maybe now that the Ring of Honor show starting up. On Honor Club, I think they're going to be making an announcement next week because I remember Tony Khan saying at the Ring of Honor press conference that there will be an announcement by the end of uh, middle to end of January for when the show starts. I think maybe now it starts the time when you start like showing who's going to go off and be just Ring of Honor guys. And I think Samoa Joe might be just a Ring of Honor guy. So I, I could see why they did this. Hmm. Okay. Director. Yeah, uh, so it was a short match, short but brutal. Um, didn't see it happening. Thought Joe was going to have a long and fruitful reign. I don't know who's next for Darby. 
Uh, Sting is back. So, it's Sting! <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Sting. I mean, I've been calling that since day one. That would be fucking great if I'm finally you, right. You, you've been wanting Sting to turn heel, don't you? You've been wanting it. It's never turn. happened. It's never happened. Now I thought time. he was going to do it. I thought he was going to do it because if you see yeah, when right? he had his hand on Darby's head, I thought, perfect time, Scorpion death drop. Boom. But Yeah. So I don't think it'll be Sting next. I mean, that'll be cool. It might be Powerhouse Hobbs, who kind of doesn't have anyone going on right now. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely see. I mean, I, I'm just, yeah, like I said, I'm just shocked that he actually put the belt for him, but I know we mentioned, yeah, see what's next. Uh, hopefully, he gets, hopefully, we get to see the TNT title more now. Let's hope for that. Let's hope. Let's hope. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. We appreciate you for tuning in here before we let you guys go. Don't forget. For all you SoCal natives on January the 22nd, make sure you go to the whiskey and go see El Director. He was rocking out with his, uh, yeah, you know what out. Of course, <laughs> the story will be playing, of course, performing at the whiskey January 22nd. Make sure you go to Free the whiskey. show, all ages. It's a Sunday, so come on out and party. Sunday fun day with the director here and Mr. 47 along with the FDS crew, 47 crew. That is right. Yes. Love it. And don't forget to follow Fake Destroyed. Make sure you follow them on our social media platforms, on our YouTube channel. Anything else coming up, Director Besides, after after the uh, January 22nd? Um, we are playing the Tiki Bar in Costa Mesa February 19th. That show uh, was originally booked somewhere else, sometime else. It got canceled and or re- rebooked. So now uh, Flyers in the works, but February 19th in Costa Mesa. Okay, so wasn't that book for the 27th, or it got canceled, that one, right? That was, uh, yeah, probably. That was the one that was originally in Corona or something. Yes, yes, I saw that, yeah, because yeah. I, I saw you had one another. Oh, so now you finally get to go to a PCW Ultra show now. Finally, Jesus. I must have a practice that day. I got to see what's up. Jesus, come on. You never <laughs> been to PCW, man. <laughs> I just want to say, every time me and my girl are in the car, 47 is already built into the playlist. That's hilarious. So, Thank you. That's so funny. Oh yeah, we love that. Yes, it I is. thought her mutation and she was like, I love this shit. So, oh shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, mutation's heavy shit. It is. It is heavy yeah. shit. It is. It is heavy shit. But nah, I'm glad she likes it because I love it. And I was going to play it anyway. So she, she probably would have to deal with it. But, right. <laughs> yeah. Even if she didn't like it, you'd still be playing it. Yeah. It's a plus that she likes it. <laughs> yeah. It definitely helps. But yes, one more thing. I think they never had an announcement for the rest of the Lorian podcast. Oh, I mean, it's, we're back tomorrow. Less than 24 hours. There'll be an episode up on the Circle of Debate YouTube channel. So hit that subscribe button for more wrestling, the Lorian podcast episodes. New episode tomorrow. We're going to be talking about Ring of Honor's third show, Night of Appreciation, where they had Eddie Guerrero return after he got re-signed by WWE. He had one more booking for Ring of Honor, and he's wrestling for, well, he's defending his WWE Intercontinental Championship against the Amazing Red in Ring of Honor, a matchup that people don't talk about. Ring of Honor on their third show had a WWE IC title match, and we're going to talk about it tomorrow. Nice. I love that. I can't wait to see that. Yes. It's also AJ Styles' debut in Ring of Honor. He faces uh, Loki. So definitely. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. The rest of the Delorean podcast coming back. 
very brief saludos shout out to all of our audio platform listeners thank you so much for listening keeping us up there as well and as well with the rest of the Lorian podcast thank you all we'll be back as well for the mma soon we were thinking there's one coming up in january i have to look at the dates i'm at the time uh but we've we're trying to revamp the show a lot of things will be changing and adding more stuff and especially on our social media platforms on, on instagram and more on facebook we'll do the best we can do the ad and tiktok because now that De Niro has a TikTok running, we'll be adding oh. more stuff on, on TikTok. So we'll be definitely doing that. I didn't know dads were allowed on that app. <laughs> I, I I didn't know either. I, I I don't even use it. I mean, it, it was, you know, it was in the little sign-up thing. Are you a dad? I just said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I figured. <laughs> yes. Uh, shout out to Australia, Ireland, Brazil, everybody. You're all over Europe. Thank you for listening, guys. We appreciate you guys. Once again, we'll be back Saturday. Wrestling DeLorean podcast tomorrow. Saturday, New Japan show recapping New Year's Dash and Ruskin 17 and more to come. So stay tuned. Follow us. Hit that subscribe button below. Notification. So before I let you guys go, once again, it's the host TV's when I have see. And of course, with Mr. DeLorean himself, he's back in action. Mr. Time Splitter that brings it back in time. Mike <laughs> and the director himself. <laughs> the, the director. The Mandy. The Mandy. Word. That loves, the Mandy that loves those dandies donuts. I'll tell you that. <laughs> in LA, if they have vegan options, I'm down to go. I just haven't looked into I it yet. They think they do. They do have vegan options. They probably do. I'd imagine they would. It's LA. We got everything. Exactly. That is right. But ladies and gentlemen, Fate Destroys the DeLorean Podcast and the Circle of Debate, they don't just do music, music videos, podcasting, podcasting. All of them, whoever wants to say it, what the hell does Fate Destroyed, Wrestling DeLorean, and Circle of Debate does? Anybody you take it, it? I have no idea. Buenas noches, everybody. Thank you so much. Must be you do goodbye. Mwah. And good night. Oh my god, it's so great. Bang!